If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as K Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friend Zone. The Friend Zone. That's right, goddammit. <laughs> now, <Golly>. what <laughs> you just heard was Cynthia Erivo, right? Mm. More talented than that left thumb. Okay? Shut us up. You heard Cynthia Erivo singing a tribute to, per- to Prince. She was singing Purple Rain. Now, that was actually from um, the Broadway production of, a, of The Color Purple. Wow. And then it was on the night that Prince actually passed away. Oh, um, shoot. Here's where things get interesting. So she shared the stage. She was playing Silly in The Color Purple on Broadway. Jennifer Hudson was playing Suge Avery. So mm. she was actually staring, sharing that stage with Jennifer Hudson. They were standing side by side. Now, if you know anything about the lyrics to the song Purple Rain, it starts off saying, you know, I never meant to cause you any sorrow, never meant to cause you any pain. I only want to do is make you laugh, see you laughing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I told you Jennifer song. Hudson was standing next to her. Now, we also know that this Friday oh, uh, in theaters <laughs> uh, nationwide, worldwide, the Respect movie is mm-hmm. coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Where Jennifer Hudson is was handpicked by Aretha Franklin, um, approved by the family. The script was approved <laughs> by Aretha Franklin, all these things. Jennifer Hudson is playing Aretha Franklin. In this movie, incredible movie. I actually was blessed to go to a screening mm-hmm. uh, last week, and I'm actually going to another one tonight because that's mm-hmm. how good Damn, it was. I it was see that it twice. Good. Damn. <laughs> and so we also know that a couple months ago, um, National Geographic put out their genius Aretha project, where, um, you know, good. amid much chagrin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cynthia Erivo was playing Aretha Franklin. We all seen the pictures of her in the fat suit. When she I was watched it. It later was good. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, and I, and I, my thing is this: I look, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta ask me. You can ask Cynthia. She just said it herself. She said, "I never meant to cause you any sorrow." She was oh, talking to Jennifer. Lord. 
she was talking to Jennifer and us. I told you this where it ties in. She said, I never meant to cause you any sorrow because, baby, they was on her ass for that Aretha they role. Were, Y'all seen that? They were. They was on her. Mm-hmm. The she family said, I never meant to cause you any pain. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, well, I seen the pictures from the fat suit, and right when I thought that she said, I only wanted to do is see you laughing. I was like, oh, so it was just, we were supposed to laugh when we seen. <laughs> Dustin Ross. Okay. Wow. <laughs> So, shout out to Cynthia Revo and shout out to Jennifer Hudson and make sure you all go see Respect in theaters this Friday, August 13th. Uh, the story of Aretha Franklin uh, through a very tumultuous time in her life. And with that being said, and most importantly, understood by you shady motherfuckers. On Hulu. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, on Hulu. Meanwhile, we on the big screen. So, you know, uh, shout out to both ladies. Both did an incredible portrayal, but we all know. I'm actually really theater. excited to see Jay Hood. Like I cannot tell you wait. She when does it drop? When is it? Friday. Friday. The 13th. This Friday. Yep. Shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> she was speaking exactly like you know how Aretha Franklin spoke mm-hmm. when she she ended the, the words. Oh my god. She got Jennifer, it. She did oh it. Oh my god. Oh, like shit. like. It's incredible. So shout out to those two ladies. I just wanted to put that out there and let that <laughs> seed germinate as it shall. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Friend Zone, your weekly look into all things mental health, mental hygiene, and shading. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, because who in the hell wants a musty brain or a Cynthia Erivo based Aretha Franklin portrayal? Uh, hey, friend, how you doing? I am good. How are y'all doing? You know, we doing good. Yeah. Only want to see you laughing in the purple rain, honey. That's it, you know? And add to that, if you really want to add another layer on it, Jennifer had on a deep purple custom Dolce & Gabbana gown on the red carpet premiere of Respect Come on. earlier this week. So it's just the ties are binding. The They're ties there. are binding. You are That's so <laughs> funny. Before we start, I want to shout out my booshki. Um, Shameless Maya had a virtual baby Maya. shower this weekend. Shout out to her friend Luisa who put it all together and made sure that we were all somehow on the same time zone on Zoom from because all it was the world. a lot of people that she had to cater to um, wow. from West Coast to East Coast to where Maya's at in Sweden. So that was interesting. Some people were on there at like 10 a.m. in the morning. Maya was like 7 p.m. It was 1 p.m. for me, but we made it happen. Uh, we had a good time. We cracked jokes. Her friend Lisa had prepared some... Um, some multiple choice questions about Maya and Max to see how good you've been paying attention as a friend to their storyline unfolding and even just questions about pregnancy and birth. It was really fun. And we had a blast. And um, Maya was so happy and that made me happy because I know she misses Aww. her friends. Yeah, it's hard to be in Europe when everyone else is over here. So I was happy that we were able to pour into her for a little bit. And the baby is almost here. Yeah. Less than a month, you guys. Really, it's like within the next three weeks, the baby will be here, God willing. You know, a beautiful, smooth birth we're praying for, for the Mm -hmm. baby to come Mm -hmm. here healthy, Maya to be healthy, but I'm excited. And, you know, she's having a home birth, so... Let's really wow. send all I know. Let's send wow, all the prayers Maya. to the doula and the midwives and everyone that will be there attending. So prayers up to you, homie. I love you. And baby, we are excited we for love you, to you come. Maya. Yes, right? we love you. Shout Yay. out to the shameless one. Maya and Max. Maya and Max. And they're still uh thinking of baby names. So if anyone has suggestions, make sure and send them her way. Dustin's name good it at this, and. So. Name it and. Because then it's Maya and Max. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, you look at the picture. They go Maya Ann Max. That's all you see. Name the baby Ann. That's only it. you. I swear. <laughs> um, and then speaking of friends, I've just recorded this week's episode of The Boo with the one and only Sham Booty. Yeah. <laughs> It was such a good conversation. Might I add, I've been sticking my foot in the woo's ass because that show is good. The conversations we've been having, um, I've had Shameless Maya on there. Of course, I had to start with my best friend. Um, I've had Getting Grown. Shout out to Jade Mm -hmm. and Kia. Funny enough, Crystal was supposed to be on that episode with us, but we had some (laughs) scheduling conflicts. We're going to spin the block on that one, maybe start the year (laughs) next year with her on it. Um... Who else? We've had Dr. Joy. We have had Haas and Dr. Shirley. Joy. I love Dr. Joy. I love Haas and Shirley. And then Shan Booty this week. And then a very, very, too. very fun special guest next month. So I've been doing my work. It's been great conversations, of course, because these are people that I find fascinating that I think are dynamic and really living life on their own terms in the way that I like to see. So very proud of the work that's been done. Definitely go check that out. Patreon.com forward slash the friend zone podcast. The episode will be live. Actually, by the time you guys watch this, the episode will already be up. And shout out to Ty for the editing on that one. So check that Jay, out. Jay right? coming on warning signs too. Oh my She's God. She's going to be my first guest. She's coming on <laughs> warning signs. genius. And because oh, when we Lord. had Key on the binge, that episode was probably like the highest listened to episode because it was so funny. Shout so I love Kia. bringing our friends on to our projects. Literally no better mashup. But let's jump into the Black Business of the Week. So last summer, Quaker Oats decided to retire the Aunt Jemima name from its pancake <laughs> <laughs> mixes and syrup. Do y'all remember that? So Michelle Hoskins, founder of Michelle Foods Inc., is a multi-million dollar business whose products are sold in more than 10,000 stores nationwide. Her line of syrup products have seen a huge increase in sales since Quaker Oats pulled Aunt Jemima from the shelves. And this is all according to blackbusiness.com. Her products are called Michelle's and can be found in top retail chains, including Kroger, Albertsons, Jewel Foods, Public, Safeway, etc., etc. According to blackbusiness.com, the recipe that set her off was her honey creme syrup, a rich, creamy confection made with honey, cream, and butter. That sounds really good. Uh, These days, her syrups are more than just for waffles and pancakes. They are used by chefs as condiments and in sweet and savory dishes in restaurants around the world. She's also gone on to become the first minority supplier for Denny's and Walmart and partnered up period period with General Mills and Sarah Lee. Find them now at michellefoods.com. And that's Michelle with one L. So M-I-C-H-E-L-E foods.com and on Amazon, of course. I just thought that was so cool. she's the one, not the two. Wow. That's why she only got one L. And she's, I'm the one, not the two. I don't need two L's. Okay. <laughs> but I thought that was very cool that she just was ready. Right time, right place. Aunt Jemima coming off the shelf. Michelle coming on the shelf. So shout out to you, Miss Michelle. We are very happy to see a multi-million dollar grandma getting her. Yes, we are. Getting to the bag. giving them hell, one L, Michelle. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love that. So that's it for this week's uh, Black Business. And then we have our 
recap segment. Hi, friend. Wake up. Where are you working today? <laughs> hey, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. <laughs> Woo. Today has been hard. So that's week's episode titled by Tom Selleck. Thank you, Dustin Ross. <laughs> it was a shit. That's where that came from, from Martin when Laquita was like, told Pam, bye, Tom Selleck. <laughs> and she did like that, like Pam had a mustache. And I just but never you know, forgot that. It stuck with me. You know, it was super funny. Carrie, shout out to our best friend, Carrie. Yeah. He didn't even listen to the episode yet. He just saw the title <laughs> and immediately sent the video clip from that episode. <laughs> Like he just knew See? you and Carrie. Justin and are Carrie fine. always get on like just ready. They're always ready. We gotta have Carrie on an episode of Shoot the Shit. Let's do that. Like we soon. have, yes. like it's on the calendar. Like the next one. Yes. Carrie and I met on Twitter. Carrie literally became my friend in real life. We are kindred spirits. That is my nigga. Like to like, and he's so we sweet. Been I love city him. to city. Yes, supportive and Carrie is a talent. I want him Truly. to write so bad. Because Carrie is one of the funniest people, I, and especially in written form. He, he really excels on Twitter. Like, he understands he's a writer. How he's a natural writer. Yeah. You know, I feel that way about him and Mark. Mark, Mark too. Yeah. Mark, too, two for to sure. Me are like the funniest people on Twitter. And yep. I've just been waiting for the opposite. Like, I'm like, who on these writing teams is like, how are they missing out on the genius of these two people? Granted, Mark is usually private on his account. Mm-hmm. But and both if of them know, are successful Mark, in their own fields. You know what absolutely. I mean? They don't really even want to work in entertainment. But I just, but I the still talent is undeniable, right, It's right, so funny, man. Their memes, the gifts, just their way to, to use the platforms. Like, they just get it. So that that was our <laughs> flowers moment for Mark me and, Carrie and Carrie. Been in, me and Carrie done been in nightclubs, literally with our foreheads damn near touching. Like, dog, you have got to fucking, like, having deep-ass conversations. Like, nigga, you got Pep to give this shit a go. Like, what are we doing that every time? Because I really want him to capitalize on his god-getting gift he really has the talent so he really does so that's what we'll do we'll have carrie we'll we'll tap in with carrie see what his schedule is looking like have him for a shoot the shit and we'll have mark tap into mark see what and have and start having our funny ass friends join us for the shoot the shit episodes that would be a good flip (laughs) we have a lot of those obviously um, but last week's episode, like I said, it was a shoot the shit. Uh, no hot button, no segments, just whatever wanted to come up, <laughs> Dustin. And as always, those of you listening had a, a lot to say. Asante, you in the mood to, to share a comment today? Or you like, uh, oh. No particular comment. I do want to just say thank you to everybody. Shout out to everybody showing me love. You know what I'm I saying? I'm the new fun. place. Yes. I have fun. Just because, you know, I'm still in that phase of waiting to, like, get the keys and move in. So I'm just, like, in this this great space right now. Can't nothing stop me. You know what I'm saying? Landlord here still trying to get me. And I'm smiling every time at every corner. It's been amazing. Moon them. Moon them. Honestly, honestly, you know how you haven't been, like, a certain way for a very long time. And then it's, like, one thing takes you back to your old way. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it has been about this experience. But, like, my landlord has really been trying to, like get me to step out of character because you know they just want any reason to I guess fuck with you or whatever but mm-hmm. I just keep every time I see it I just like smile I'm like I see it and I'm not gonna do like I'm not going for it so every time I see it and I'm like thank you so much uh, I'm just gonna give you this and we're gonna be done and he's like oh nah fuck that I'm gonna keep fucking with you and it's like every time he does it it's like 
the data set. There's a moving truck. There are boxes. You know, utilities have been set. Rent has been paid. Like every time he does anything, it's just over. So shout out to everybody. You know what I'm saying? New energy, new place. You have fun. <laughs> I have fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Letting go of some old shit, coming in with the new. But that's Come it for on. me, friend. What did you find out there in them streets, friend? Talk about talk about new month, new blessings. You hear me? Okay. <laughs> Grateful Very in much advance. That. We have been. Yes, indeed. So I pulled a comment from the SoundCloud streets, which I just thought was funny. Arian, I hope I'm saying your name right, beautiful. Um, she wrote, Fran knows how to drive. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny <laughs> to me. Because you're a New just, Yorker, so it is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what train People you always so shocked, on? right? Because it's true. Most New Yorkers do not know how to drive. We don't have our license. We just are train kids. I've been taking the train since I was like seven by myself. Um, but I do because in high school, I can't remember if it was an elective that I just chose to do mm. because I figured maybe I was just smart enough to know you're probably never going to do this on your own time. So doing it in school was the best bet. Um, and I really like the driver's ed teacher. She was this Italian lady that was so loud <laughs> <laughs> with long nails and hella gold jewelry. And I just thought she was so cool. I was like, that's exactly who I want to teach me to drive. She would yell if you like did shit wrong, but like in a funny way. So I just loved it. It was a fun experience. I did learn how to drive. I've had my license. Well, you get your permit, right? At 16 and yes. then I think 17 mm-hmm. or 18, you can actually like drive. It was before. It was like you got your permit at, well, at least in Michigan. My yeah. Bad. It was like you got your permit at 14 and you're at 16. You got your full license to drive. Were, you can actually. Okay. So that's what it was. I think maybe mm-hmm. 15. Because I wasn't 14 mm-hmm. in high school, but 15, and mm-hmm. then by 16, you can actually like whip it. Now, was I driving? No, but I knew how to because <laughs> who had a car? Not us. But when I moved to Atlanta, that's when I really was able to drive. A, because it was much easier on my nervous system because <laughs> trying to drive in New York is a motherfucker. Let me tell no you, friend. <laughs> bruh, even during the exam, when I was trying to do my parallel parking and the cars behind you honking, it's like so <laughs> nerve wracking. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. And then you have the little thing in the car that says student driver. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> Nobody like, gives a fuck I about that. That pissed me, me off just seeing it. <laughs> I'm ready to go around you already. Like, already. Oh, it's going to be in front of me. I'm on my way to work and shit. So why is she on the left side anyway? Oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, my God. It's like it made them angrier. So that just mm-hmm. really was something where I was like, I don't know how I passed that test by the grace of God, um, but I did. And so I definitely got to learn a little more when I moved to Atlanta because the streets are a little more open. <laughs> There's no way honking. You know, even parking is a lot easier because most of the easier, parking in Atlanta, free. you just pull into the parking, in parking lot. lot as opposed to just finding a little fucking corner in a New York street to parallel to parallel which to this day I still have to like get better because <laughs> I have nerve nervous issues with it like I PTSD can parallel park the shit out of you car. can get parking uh, assist today you don't even need to do it <laughs> <laughs> can't cut that wheel whipping that bitch hell yeah I love driving driving always felt like a rite of passage to me mm. and my brother remember like my brother and sister was like in the home and they were way older than me right. so like so they was when whipping. I was 12 my brother had taught me how to drive. Like I, I could roll, I'm and so, so like, jealous. yeah. By That's that time, so my girl, cute. 
But y'all also lived in cities where like you could drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it mm-hmm. was more a part of the culture. Like in Atlanta, totally different than here. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. If you walk, people I've mentioned this before on the show think something's wrong. Like they'll Absolutely. honk and ask you if you need help. You're like, Absolutely. I, I'm fine. I'm just walking to CVS. Like I don't. I'm okay. <laughs> Everything and the same with Detroit, you know? Everything about this is taking me out because, friend, like, in Atlanta, first of all, all the transplants coming from out of town, so it's like this big battle of can Atlanta folks drive or is it all the people from out of town that can't drive? Right. So that was taking me out thinking about that. And then I'm thinking My about ass. you taking, you doing any sort of driving in Atlanta and, like, having all of this freedom because in New York, any New Yorker that has driven in New York, if you go somewhere like Atlanta, first of all, you acting a fool because there's... <laughs> <laughs> nothing but space and literal opportunity <laughs> like here you I have to pay so just you can't even you can't even go across the bridge you got toll everywhere here atlanta highways on highways on there was one toll was because it, it was it's been gone since i've been gone that's crazy it's crazy. oh the toll and people yeah. worked at the toll in atlanta that was a good job <laughs> you work at the toll that's a city job state. I don't know, but it's a good job. It was a city job, and it was right there, like, in the right area. So it was yep. like, what? Working at the toll. <sighs> I, for me, as a person who, you know, I come from Michigan, we drive really early. Mm-hmm. True, true. I cannot get comfortable driving in New York. Really? I like it because you, it feels like you're in a video game because there's so many things to avoid. So and just so much stimulant. to think about. Ugh. So it's fun. But Mm-mm. driving elsewhere, there's a comfort level. Like you can just, you could just go. You there's can not breathe. So many Here, you yeah. have to worry about the bikers. You have to worry the about the cabs. You have to worry about the kids kicking a ball and shooting out because most kids in New York are like they think they're invincible. I mean, the buses, the city bus coming and the serving rats. the rats. I thought I had a blowout, and it was a, a big fat ass rat I had ran over. I thought I had dropped the tire. And it was a goddamn rat busted open underneath oh, the damn tire when I got outside. I felt no, so bad. Because that motherfucker, I don't know. I think that that rat had been, I don't know if he was outside like a GNC or something. Because he had <laughs> must have been full of protein. He was just so, he was a, a, a healthy ass rat. You know what I'm saying? If there is such a thing. But that damn, and that was an SUV I was driving. That motherfucker said, boop, boop. <laughs> I just See, knew that tire why, was gone. That's why I had to get my license all over again because I let it go because I will not drive in New York. Like when I moved here, there was literally no reason, no excuse. So my license ended up just become, getting suspended. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, well, now you're just going to go back to your regular. Because I never transferred my license to New, to York. New York. I just came and got a New York ID because right. I really wanted to keep my my Atlanta license. I was like, I'm keeping this. I'm not going to Does that y'all. matter? Do you have to change it or can you keep well, your... No, before, Oh, well, you legally, you know, you're supposed to, but ain't nobody oh. really changing. Oh, because I'm like, is it that depends a, on how your business is set up. Oh, okay. depends on how your business is set up. Yeah, where like your car is registered, like, you know, you where your insurance is registered, you. Yeah. things like that. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess and I have to You got to make that. sure you say you visit enough. Your stuff ain't updating this Benjamin or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this ain't legal advice. I ain't got it for you. I'm just saying. Right. But I'm excited because obviously... Driving in Oregon, I mean, what the fuck? Yes, beautiful. I'm gonna be Are you going to get a convertible? Way com- no, I don't think I'm a convertible. Because there's no convertible. Even though the, the Bronco that I told you I mm-hmm. was considering, I was watching a YouTube video, which is so funny because 
people really have channels about cars. You can learn. Oh, I love, ever. I love, I love them. Yo, they go ham. It'll be a 45 fucking minute video about a car. Yeah, watch all of it. Yeah. Every detail. So I've been doing that because I don't know much about cars. I'm kind of relying on the YouTubers that are obsessed with them to put me mm-hmm. on to like, they do the comparison videos and mm-hmm. shit. So mm-hmm. I was watching a video where he was comparing the Bronco with the Wrangler and just mm-hmm. like the different benefits. And I didn't know you could take the top off. Yeah. Of the Bronco. I had no idea. So that's pretty cool. It just, it kind of gives you like a California vibe. Very similar to the Wrangler. I remember when Maya had it, uh, she would take the side doors off. And then I remember she was freaking out because she couldn't figure out how to put them back on. <laughs> <laughs> she was driving through LA with the open ass car. I was like, girl, you look crazy. Your leg is all out. <laughs> Hips on the highway. (laughs) But, you know, I'm still figuring it out because it's it's just very new to me. But I'm excited to to be driving. So, yes, Arian, I do know how to drive. I'm just not the best driver. Not the best driver. Shout out to Atlanta for really being the city that uh, allowed me to explore that a little bit more. And my partner at the time. You know, it was scary too. My partner at the time had a fucking Range Rover, bro. So I'm practicing. So you was getting extra hot. <laughs> yeah, because you know I look cute, right? Flexing, okay. Acting like it was mine. Atlanta, I mean, I mean, common law. I know people's like, look at this little girl with this range. Okay. Uh, You know how people look at you like, I see you. With a New York swag. Hello. Coming down to Atlanta with New York style, busting and a range on their ass. What? But I drove like shit, so I wasn't really flexing, but you know. It was. It worked. It was okay. You're cute enough. You get away with it. I might have drove over that curb, but it was in a rain. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and it was me in this branch rover. <laughs> Dustin, what'd you find in the Twitter streets for us? So I want to give a shout out to dumb underscore eat underscore trees, <laughs> whose okay. name is Christian's Talking Points, who highlighted a clip from a celebrity uh, fight club um, it's like a celebrity boxing match club where Jose Flores. Now, I don't know if y'all know Jose Flores. He's been on MTV reality shows. He's been on Big Brother. Um, and I actually no. know him from hanging out here in New York. Met him years ago here in New York. To my surprise, y'all, I'm watching Twitter the other day. Randomly see him ringside beating the shit oh, saw out of clip. one of his old cast members. You know what? <laughs> I of- saw that clip because you retweeted it with 75 <laughs> laughing emojis. That's what I saw. Because he was, ki- I'm, I'm scrolling Twitter and I hook up and see Jose <laughs> kicking ass in the name of the game. He whooped that in his, in his celebrity ass. boxing match. He wasn't boxing, he was street fighting, kicking his ass, right? <laughs> then, after the after the boxing match, he starts throwing ass in the ring, twerking and shit, like, afterwards. <laughs> and when I tell you... I missed that when part. I tell you, <laughs> when I tell y'all, I ain't never been more proud. I had, uh, I, We reconnected. I haven't seen him in years. And so, I, once I saw the video, I tagged him, like, yo, oh my God, like, this made my day. See, you beating ass. Like, what the hell? And we reconnected. Like, it's been so long. I'm like hell yeah because that's my boy man so shout out to him so that's the tweet out. and the, the tweet says Jose Rose beating the shit out of Hamza and he literally was kicking his I mean throwing him all around the guy look just kicking his ass but the worst that's part is Dustin about. went and found the guy that he beat his ass and retweeted <laughs> him and laughed at him when the guy was like I know everybody's disappointed in me and, and Dustin <laughs> <laughs> laughing 
emojis. I was like, why are you like this? <laughs> he said he had let everybody down. And it was so funny because I, I, <laughs> no, I also so went to his previous tweets, like before the <laughs> boxing match. Where he was training, you know what I'm saying, with the trainer, like, counter fucking days, mm-hmm. Jose and all this shit. He just knew he was going to beat the gay boy up. And little <laughs> did he know, baby, it's a brand new day. And when I tell you I seen that shit, that really brand just set my soul on. I've been living right. I've been living right since I seen it, y'all. It made me want to do the right thing like Spike Lee. So shout out to you, Jose. You the man. I love seeing that shit. And I can't wait to see you again. We're going to have drinks when I see you for that, man. That's what's up, Jose. One time for New York, one time for the gays. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. I love all that. one time for New York, one time for New York, stand up, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's the gay agenda I'm talking about right there. Whooping ass. That's the real gay agenda. Kicking ass. Y'all are so damn funny. Okay. (laughs) So, on this week's episode, um, I wanted to kind of, because we are a wellness beast, (laughs) not just to do the <laughs> Stick him up. <laughs> I love it. I gotta rewatch the video because I totally miss him twerking at the end. Now that yeah, was fine. funny to me. Fran went around the ring like on each side of the ropes, <laughs> throwing ass at the crowd. The crowd was going crazy after he had just molly whopped that motherfucker. That was incredible. Genius. I didn't know I was gonna get blessed like this. Yesterday, so. Shout out to Jose. Well, Jose and Rose. Jose Flores, but his name on Twitter is Jose Rose. That's a cute his name. Exact too. Twitter account so you guys can see it. <laughs> it is. Oh, I, actually, before you get started, uh-huh. I'm so sorry. I have no, one no, no. more tweet. Okay, yeah, and yeah. y'all will appreciate this. <laughs> this last tweet is from underscore Damn Jaden, who tweeted, "Customer service did something when they dropped this one." And listen to the music he was playing. Y'all heard this whole music before on every damn service y'all call. Look. <laughs> But what is this video? <laughs> it's a video performance of the Brat and Jermaine Dupri on, on Soul Train that they put the whole music over. Look at the <laughs> Because that whole music is the jam. Y'all know it. That's the best whole music ever. No, so, I hate whole yeah. <laughs> They need an jamming. option like... where you can turn this shit off, especially when you're calling Delta and you're on the phone for six hours. Oh, ain't no, no matter what they was service. playing, you'd be so damn mad. They oh could be playing God. literally Heaven's Angels. Do you know Jade like... was on hold for like eight hours the other day? <laughs> I was like, Jade, I didn't even know you could be on hold. She just let the phone rock and was like cleaning the house. She kept checking on it. Eight hours. And guess what happened? It hung up. (laughs) It didn't have the callback service. (laughs) She had to to plug her phone in and let it charge like several times. Bro, she sent the screenshot where it said eight hours. I was like, who are you talking to? What the fuck? Jade is so... Jade. (laughs) She's like, bitch, I'm pissed. I was like, I bet you are. Who the hell was on the phone for that long? I would have lasted... 30 minutes tops before I hung up my damn self. And, did and what the you going to say after you've been on hold for eight hours? What do you think Fuck you going to say? Hi, this is uh, <laughs> such and such. And it's a great day here in Tennessee. Who am I speaking with? <laughs> Who are you speaking with? Especially Jade. I know she would have gone ham. Hey, it was probably good that they hung up on her butt. <laughs> That's what she get for lying the other day. I'm telling you this, I promise we're going to move on. No, That's yeah, what yeah. she get for lying the other day on the phone talking about, uh, I was like, what you doing? 
um, just sitting here neutering my plants. I said, new about to neuter. You know, Jay think everything alive. And you know how that shit y'all be on. So Jay was like, I was like, neutering your plants. She was like, I said, watering my plants. I was like, Jay, you literally said you was about to neuter your fucking plant. And she argued me down. Why would I just think she said neuter? You know what I'm saying? Like, where would I even get that from? She knows she said that. And she tried to play it off and lie. And so that's why they had her ass on hold for eight strong. That's why she was in labor with Delta. Okay? That's what she get. Because she lied to me about them plant, neutering plants. Oh, y'all are so damn funny. You two need to do something together. Please create something. You and Kia so need much. to create something. You and Jay need to create <laughs> so funny. Okay. Are we ready for this week's episode? Yes, mm-hmm. now I'm finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> We're like Shout 40 minutes in. I had a chance to meet Amorphous. We uh, hung out in New York Amorphous. City. Shout out to Amorphous. Yeah, How's he doing? How's he doing, feeling? Doing his damn thing. It's Do you amazing. hear me? Basking in it as he should. And I'm, I'm so proud of him. So big shout out to Amorphous. Imagine your first EP that he says what? he had three weeks to put together having Brandy, Fauntleroy, <laughs> Kelly Rowland. Um, didn't he have CC Peniston? Hell yeah! I mean, what Ray, um, yep. Kaylani, like yep. talk about everybody. It. Shout out to That's you, Amorphous. Awesome. I hope that you yeah. are high as a cloud because you should be. Yep. So, so this week's now episode, we I wanted cloud. to kind of. <laughs> Sorry, to, we are funny today. Hey, HBCU fam, get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them, but time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. We are funny today. I wanted to bring some attention to the mental health conversations that we do love to have. I feel like we haven't really had them in a long time. And Mm -hmm. we should definitely take advantage and tap into this uh, storyline that's happening with Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka. Um, Mm -hmm. And even I mentioned to the guys, the Tiger Woods documentary that was on Hulu, right? It was like... um, And HBO Max. And Okay, so it was like a Hulu uh, HBO add-on for me because that's where I watch my HBO stuff. But I had watched it um, as well as the Naomi Osaka documentary that's currently playing on Netflix. Even Beyonce, (laughs) we happened to catch her article. Was it with... um, Harper's Bazaar. Harper's Bazaar. I was going to say Bazaar. Come on, Axel. <laughs> Ooh, Harper's Bazaar. I like Harper's that, though. Harper's Bazaar. Harper's Bazaar and how she was sharing 
the different ways that she's protecting her mental health, where she mentioned in the clip that I read that uh, people may find her standoffish, you know, a little maybe even dismissive, but it's really the systems that she's put into place to stay sane, to stay healthy, considering the industry we're in, um, where people just take, 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 want, 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 you're a commodity, they forget that you're a person as well. And mm. I was, so I was happy that that clip came out right before we started to record because it fits in so seamlessly with the conversation that I kind of wanted to tap into. But first I wanted to ask, did y'all, have y'all been watching the Olympics or not really into it? Are y'all even like sports people? I am a sports person. Um, I love everything about the Olympics as an event, as a, as a um just an entity. I love all that, but I did not watch the Olympics this year. Um, I caught a couple of races mm-hmm. um, by Same. accident, but you know, after the whole Shakari Richardson thing, I just, they had to tow their ass with me. Really? And then every, all the COVID running around in there. And then like, uh, the just, beds, every, it just was, when they yeah, sent the picture of the cardboard beds, beds, which if that's, I'm fucking anyway, <laughs> straight up cardboard bed or not. Like, that's what I decide I want to do. I want to do because they never heard of doing it on the floor anyway. Like, that's what was weird. They act like people need to fuck on a bed. Like what? They'll be on the sink. So, what are you talking about? But yeah, but normally I do enjoy the Olympics. Um, and I have seen people out there kicking ass and been proud of them. Shout out to Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? For Always. fucking wearing it out over there. Kings and Queens. Um, yeah. And all everyone who's performed well. But yeah, that's my my situation with the Olympics this year. Asante. Not into sports. I've always <laughs> enjoyed I've enjoyed the events, but I've never like taken the time out. Like I always wished that I was into sports and stats and shit like that. Cause all of that shit is so cool to me. But like I grew up on the Pokemon cards, not the baseball cards. So <laughs> Real. it was hard. Like I was learning the stats of the fucking fake ass animals and critters and shit when I should have been learning all the teams. Cause every time you meet somebody, they're like, You sports fans? So it's like a great like talking point. But I never really got into sports. But every time I go to games and shit, I love the energy of that. So I like to enjoy the events. But as far as like really knowing, knowing, which is why Chris will always be using me as a sports scapegoat to prove some of our points. But I'm gonna leave it there because <laughs> She goes, but yeah, not into sports. Or on the read with Kid Fury's new sports shorts. He's so funny. He'd be like the National Basketball Association <laughs> and all his little rundowns of what happened, which would be a mess. Because <laughs> I don't know sports either. I, to be honest, I never was drawn to watching it. You know, I grew up in a house with like a lot of uh, adults and it was a lot of mm-hmm. grown ass men. So I was around it, obviously. I shared this when I did that Sony podcast um, where I told the story of my childhood and like the household I grew up in because it was a lot of adults. I was not watching cartoons. I was literally watching telenovelas, (laughs) you know, Don Francisco and Sábado Gigante or... We were, watching, <laughs> we were watching sports because it was mainly men in the house and that's all they wanted to watch. And I always felt fascinated by how rabid they seemed over these games. Like it was like such a big deal to them and how they would argue and fight and like physically fight. Like I, I remember my uncles pushing each other, mushing each other. And it was just such an aggressive, <laughs> like hyper masculine bonding if anything yeah um but what did weird me out too was like how serious they took the athletes like to the point that you see in the videos uh where people in the crowd are spitting on the athletes and throwing popcorn at them and it's just so weird to me 
And I yeah. say weird because it's foreign. Obviously, things you don't understand are always going to come off weird. I'm sure that that is something that people really feel tied to, whether it's childhood related. Maybe it's a thing that they did with their dad or their parents and they just kind of like kept it going, especially in New York. Like you see mm-hmm. how the Yankees, you see like people, Mets. the Mets, they take it so seriously. You see little boys, little kids um, with their full out uniforms and jerseys. But with the Simone Biles situation, what really I found kind of gross was like the fact that she decided to take a step back from uh, competing. And I don't even think she took a step back completely. If I, I want to make sure I'm no. not. It wasn't no. just from she like the back. group. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the group. Uh, activities that they had to perform and it was because she had been going through some mental health difficulties and she shared that she was up in the air and literally did not know where she was what she was doing or where she was about to land completely um tapped out and checked out from the performances and which you know something like that is very serious like you can't just be jumping up in the air doing these flips not knowing where the hell you're going to land, you can end up no. paralyzed, with broken arms, limbs, like super serious. But I was blown at the adults. Did you see the grown people attacking her on Twitter? Grown ass people saying, oh, that's what she gets for. Remember, she had like the little um, Swarovski crystals in the shape mm-hmm. of a goat, like on her uniform, which I thought was fly. Mm-hmm. I love when people praise hell themselves. Yeah. I say it all the time. No praise like self-praise. So that was Amen. dope to me. She feels she's the GOAT. She's absolutely the GOAT. That's sports. That's, that's, that's sports, sports culture. It's yeah. Exactly. You know, talk that talk. And she really is the most, isn't she the most decorated athlete yeah. like of all time? I don't know if it's gymnast or athlete altogether, but she's definitely up there. It's Trina's first album, The Baddest <laughs> Bitch. That's what it is. That's literally what it is. You cannot fuck with Simone Biles. You can't. Which is why she elicited such a visceral reaction from all these sports fanatics, you know, who didn't even real real I don't even think some of them realized really what they were doing when they attacked her because they they felt let down, right? Right. I don't even think they really realized that it was as personal as they made it. But they definitely did. And it was so strange to see. Like this is a young woman who not only is she doing these like difficult um, what's the term? Like, I don't even know. What do they call it? Routines. Routines. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you, Asante. Difficult routines that they have to change how they judge them because of that. Because she's so, like, light years ahead of all the other gymnasts. That's number one. Routines that people have never seen, have never been able to do. Yep. That she's just, like, putting her body in that type of stress really trying to accomplish these higher ratings higher routines so I felt like it it made me sad too when I saw her tweet where she was thanking people that were affirming her and showing her love because she said a lot of the times she feels like her worth is based on her being a gymnast based on her being a top gymnast and bringing home the gold for America you know, and, and she almost feels like people won't care about her outside of that, which is something that a lot of people, not even just athletes, whether it's celebs, influencers, people who have kind of put themselves in this position of being great or being the best uh, suffer from. It's just like the pressures of staying good enough 
And I was reading an article, a couple articles actually on like psychology today, even on Forbes, where they were saying the mental health ramifications of living a life of trying to be the best versus being your best. <laughs> and I always wondered, mm. like, even when did you guys get a chance to watch the Tiger Woods documentary on Hulu? I did. Yes. Did y'all see? First of all, he didn't even want to golf initially. <laughs> like it was like his parents' goal and dreams, and they were like, I hate to say forcing it on him, but I mean, let's call it spade manufactured. A spade. You know, they they had a vision <laughs> and they wanted to make sure that he fulfilled that vision for them. And you see how throughout the documentary, he's like pulling away from his friends. I don't know if you guys got to the part where he had met someone and was in love and was like so happy to be dating and free and going to prom and hanging out. <laughs> Dustin's rolling. <laughs> Why he did that? Because <laughs> y'all know we we. I'm mad at Tiger Woods. Now go ahead. Friend. I'm going to let you finish, but y'all know that is an eye roll I'm, for the club. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's what he... True. It's what he felt. He was, like, being young and happy. and His eyes weren't even big like that before he started playing golf. When he Before he started, they made him play golf. He was a regular-faced child. You know, fresh air, plenty of exercise. And then once they started making him golf, he started... Cause it was the stress, and you saw how like, like that. and it's like he couldn't even f feel comfortable being himself. That's why he kind of play in his shadow in Vegas, where he discovered like I can be all the things over here, which you know ended up being his downfall because people around him started telling and sharing stories about what he was doing. He was drinking, cheating, had all these different quote unquote girlfriends, um, crashed his car. Remember, like just everything started tumbling and what it really came down to was like he was living a life that was just so high pressured and clearly forced upon by his parents he you can tell he really wanted to prove something it was a life based on proving something and I was even listening to Tyler the creator on Hot 97 I don't know if you guys got a chance to check out that interview uh, but he was saying that a lot of what fuels him is proving people wrong and trying to be the best. And, you know, uh, people having told him, like, you will never accomplish this or you will never accomplish that. And that's, he was like, I know this whack to say, and most people would be like, oh, that's terrible. But he's like, but it's the fucking truth. Like, I love proving people wrong. And I love when I excel and break through ceilings and people are kind of like, too. oh, shit. You know, like, it's I would never have thought that. Now, you saying that that's something that fuels you too, but doesn't that create anxiety in your body like how does that feel in your body when you're making these decisions based on that as fuel it feels like that I, it does create anxiety and, and it's so funny you said that because as i was watching these two docs to prepare for today's conversation mm -hmm. especially the naomi doc i was seeing similarities and experience experiences that i personally have had that were akin with like hers and her takeaway yeah and i've always just felt like that was like the normal pressure that I felt I never really you know classified it as something that was unhealthy outside. yeah yeah I've, and I and I continue to feel those same feelings that same pressure that same anxiety that same stress the self-doubt the um just worrying about being able to complete everything that you say you're going to complete and doing your best all those experiences those feelings I feel all the time 
feel them all the time, every single day of my life. Yeah. And I just feel them. And they've never, I just have always thought that that was just the normal experience. Right. I didn't know that I, it, it was something deserving of like my attention, I guess. Right. <laughs> And I think I'll be challenging myself, friend. You do like you and Asante do too. Like y'all challenge, we challenge ourselves, and that being unsure in those spaces and in those moments, I just kind of thought it was par for the course. I did, and that's why I love that you're saying that because I think the the point I'm trying to get at with bringing up all these people that are great, and even just kind of tapping into how it feels in the body to push yourself, it's like it is that difference between are you trying to be the best period Mm -hmm. where you're hyper vigilant of the people around you and what they're doing and where you fit in that space and in those spaces or are you trying to be your best like your personal best where your only competition is you you know like when that part right and to me that's what feels different in the body like I've never really been like a super competitive person I don't think obviously I played sports you have your moments um killed it in the spelling bee in elementary school you have your moments (laughs) but for the most part I'd um and someone that I don't think that I'm competitive, I feel like I'm more of the like, I'm just worried about me and what I'm doing and making sure that I'm killing shit for me to feel good about what I'm learning and just not wanting to half-ass anything. I think that's where I come from when I create. I just don't want to half-ass anything. If I'm going to do it, if my name is on it, it's something that is clearly important to me and I'm going to do my best. But I've never positioned myself, like even with the podcast, like we had to be the best podcast or, you know, the best YouTuber or the best blogger or the best whatever the hell. That's just not something that crosses my mind. And so when I see people that are more wired that way, obviously I do feel like it had something to do with how they were raised. Maybe their parents kind of uh, tying into the theater mask episode. It's like maybe that's the only way you got attention is if you were... You have the best friends. (laughs) You know what I mean? Some parents are like that. Like they'll only praise you or show you attention or make you feel special and seen when you provide certain metrics that they're looking for in your life, Mm. which is grades, you know, accolades, uh, degrees, certain jobs, certain people they want to see you Mm -hmm. around, certain people they want you to date. And until you fit those things, you're not going to get that praise from them. And so some people create a life that's based on their parents' desires. And that's what I felt in the Naomi Osaka, in the Tiger Woods. A lot of these parents have designed their kids' lives and their kids spend their lives trying to fulfill that for them. And that's where they, I think, this is my opinion, Mm -hmm. suffer so deeply from anxiety and depression and mental health because it's like you're not living for yourself really similar to the good kid mad city episode we did where it's like for sure is your life based on being viewed as a good kid but a good kid is also a highly compliant kid which means that you have less of a voice your decisions are are, aren't even yours which is why i'm so glad that you said that because I literally want to be friends with Naomi Osaka. <laughs> what makes you say <laughs> I that? I love the fact because I, I, and it's so funny. And the reason, one of the reasons I'm sure you're laughing is because you can see it after oh, watching she's that documentary. So cute, though, one thousand. And me and her, like, like <laughs> the the way that she has taken ownership, right, completely of her experience as such a 
early point in her that's career as I a professional athlete, that's balls. Mm-hmm. That is that is that is fearlessness. That is someone who understands their value in that space, and it's a really mature perspective for someone so young. I like the fact that she has a passion for fashion. I didn't even mean to rhyme, but like I like the fact I like the fact that she's passionate about working in fashion. Mm-hmm. I like that she's doing those things because she wants to, and although she's felt the pressure of having so many obligations and responsibilities, her schedule was really populated with shit that she did want to do. Right. You get what I'm saying? In addition to her job, which is being an athlete. Right. So I just kind of really like her approach. I like the fact that mental health is something that is on her radar, Which something I that she's love. aware of at yes. such a young point, Fran and Asante. Come on, like this is this is exemplary um, behavior from someone so young, and I just really want to kick it with her. I like the fact that she was drinking that champagne, <laughs> and she was like, "Am I gonna get drunk on this?" Because <laughs> like I just I like she has a personality, yes. and you may not know that you know when you just see her on the court on the tennis court doing her thing, kicking ass. You know what I'm saying? But when you pay attention to what she says, what she speaks about in interviews, when you pay attention to um, her commitment to social justice issues and and, and putting those in the forefront the of mask. her presentation, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, to the world, on a world stage like that, even thinking on that level and, and, and those things being so important to her, that is a very mature POV. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm really, really impressed by her. I love her relationship with her sister, Right. I love that. I like watching um, that. I love how comfortable she was around her. I just, I'm very, very impressed with her. And so I like the fact that she has been so, um, such a leader, I guess, in so many different ways. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't play the back, even though she has so many things going on in her mind. Um, and she's really taking care of herself as she navigates this shit. And I just like that. I want to be friend Naomi. Let's get some champagne. <laughs> Yo, absolutely. Watch her hit you up too. It was crazy watching the Tiger Woods doc and then watching her documentary and seeing how much control that you're talking about, Dustin, she yes. had. Like how yes. down to earth and grounded she was and present she was and everything that was happening. Like she knew everything that she was doing. Not that she needed to be so, you know, thoughtful about it, but she knew. And it was so amazing to watch. Even her showing great sportsmanship on the court. And then from watching Tiger yes. Woods when they were showing, you know, younger uh, videos of him smiling, talking about, oh, fuck. Like, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. so it was so completely different. But and it was also, you know, dialing back some more, it was also crazy watching Tiger, um, I guess, them map out how he was building his persona, like how when he's in Vegas, he didn't even know how to be the smooth guy. And Michael Jordan's like, you know, just say your name is Tiger Woods. Like, it was crazy to know that Tiger, I guess, had to get this start later in life because he didn't know how to just be bad because he couldn't be bad. You know, his dad, his parents were there manufacturing every moment of his life, you know, telling him what he was supposed to do, telling him how to do it, you know. And I think he already did have that, you know, that good kid, Matt, that that good boy syndrome already in his clock. And he already was, but it was weird that he was that way or we, you know, I felt like I knew him to be that way growing up. And then seeing how arrogant he was at the same time, like, mm-hmm. it was kind of weird, I guess, seeing that looking back because um, I didn't see yeah. that or think about that when I was younger. But then to see that he had that whole uh, the whole mishap on the road, because you were talking about friend when he was younger and uh, going to prom and stuff. When he had that mishap where he had had all those drugs in his system from his uh, back injury and was right. uh, pulled over. 
And he was mentioning California and then his little childhood friend was like, when he mentioned it, it took me back to when he felt his freest at our house. I was just sitting there thinking about how fucked up that was because he never took a moment the way like, and I don't know if Naomi took a moment or she just came in the world knowing because, you know, the younger generation, they just be honest they with They different. But, <laughs> and I love it. I yeah. love it. That was the next fucking yeah, so point I was going to make. Yeah, so I don't want to judge Tiger for, you know, not being the way that she is, but it was just so interesting to see how or to see that she has this this momentum of I know what this is I know what I need to do but I also know what I want and then from Tiger just being uh I am who they say I am it wasn't even this is who I am it was I am who they say I am and when I'm not I'm gonna shit I gotta find myself and then it just turned into his deviance and him telling every girl he met I love you and all that shit because that was ridiculous all them <laughs> girls coming out of the woodwork you can't even tell if anyone's lying if anyone is lying because he probably <laughs> was doing that to every person he met it was weird but understandable when you look at his childhood and the pressure he had to go go through so I <sighs> <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. I don't want to steer this thing off. No, the course no, no. Too please. Far, right? I love it. I just have tiger. I have. I have. I have a Tiger Woods take. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I just, I'm trying to keep that out of this conversation because it really doesn't belong here Add until it. we start comparing and contrasting the, um, the two. So I'll wait until we get to that point. Um, but what I will say is Naomi Osaka um, and a lot of her industry peers and a lot of the people around, you know, her same age that are public facing you know figures right now i love the fearlessness you say what you want about lil nas x right right um, and feel so however so- you feel about so whether you like his music or not mm-hmm. you know but lil nas x knows that people hate him for being a young black gay open you know what i'm saying artist and he said since that's what you hate i'm going to literally rub it in your your goddamn face <laughs> and I love that. I mm-hmm. love that he's not afraid to do that. And yes, I see that he's same owning spirit. that. A lot of people they it. try to separate themselves. So I love the fact mm-hmm. that he owned that. I see that same spirit in Naomi. And yeah. I'm noticing it more and more in a lot of people in around their same age group who are in this thrust into this media cycle and this media circus and thrust into have their lives, you know, having their their lives be subject to scrutiny, you know, on extreme levels. And I love the fact that they're literally taking it on the chin, I guess. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? I love, I love that. I love the fact that they don't give a damn. Right. Um, and so it's inspiring for my old ass. And I never thought I would be the person who would say, these young people, all right, but I am. That's how I feel. Like, these young people have got it right. They and I do. I love seeing it. So. And I'm so glad y'all pivoted to this point because what they're teaching me, because I always viewed success and especially in these fields that are very, like, parasitic, you know, yes, like it's friend. very rare yes, that yes. you see people at the very top be happy. Like we haven't really witnessed that. It's almost like a trade off. Look at Michael Jackson and all the top. Britney. They, Britney. It was always, um, are you willing to be the best? Are you willing to be number one? But just know that there's going to be a harsh come down. And that to me was always just the paradox of it. It's like, are you willing to play that? Because this is what you're going to get. Never seen the opposite. And what these younger kids are bringing to the table is that they're playing in this, what I like to call the matrix. They're playing in these games, but they also understand how to finesse it. And they know how to be themselves through it. Like Lil Nas X is playing in this industry that he knows is parasitic. He knows it's homophobic. He knows what he's going to get, but he's doing it on his own terms. 
and Naomi especially the domino effect she created by pulling out um I don't even remember what it is was it like a big event that she pulled out yeah, of Yeah I think it was a, a, a something they were all supposed to be at and right. she pulled out of it she yeah I don't think it was out, a match it was right. like something else Something I didn't know if it was like a it was big press. Was she it didn't want to do press because yeah. she wasn't feeling great. Um, and even the attacks from that, you know, from mm-hmm. from the tennis association or whatever they call themselves. And you saw them, too, in the uh, Tiger Woods doc, how they were speaking. The da- yeah, literally the masters. The masters. Hello. I mean, can you get any clearer than that? The way that they were speaking on him as if like they like he was a, com- a commodity, like a product, not a human. No one cared about why he was uh, spinning this way. You know, why was he feeling this way? Why was he deteriorating? No one's checking in. They were just so quick to disregard him and punish him for not playing by their rules. And I love that Naomi just put out a statement like, listen, my mental health is my priority. I'm the one that has to take care of me because y'all don't give a fuck. That's the bottom line. And at the end of the day, I have to make sure that I'm good. And her doing that, I really feel kind of put the battery in Simone's back. You know, I'm not going to take away her decision to do that, but I do feel that it, it almost gives you permission when you see your peers doing yeah. that you know because so you, you feel like oh like, that's right what? you know yeah. what bitch okay Me look too. that's exactly, <laughs> exactly. What she said. bad example that. but it's like when you you started a new job and you know this is probably early on and you ain't never called out before and then you <laughs> see people didn't called out so it's like you're like oh you okay, get, so get kind of like balls and now you see foggy. how severe it is or not and then you're like you know what well, well shoot she didn't call it out so now it's my turn like <laughs> and that's what it felt Friday. yeah and that's to me that's what it felt like and that's why i was so proud of Naomi for taking that stand because I feel like she really is going to allow people to remember that they have that right. And so the point that I wanted to make is like, you can play in these systems as long as you play it on your own terms. That's how you will survive. Absolutely. That is really how you survive. And it's not easy. It takes a lot of bravery. And obviously, let's be real here. She has the ability to move like that because she is the best and because she is the top, you know, cause we also see other artists that might do the same and not fair as well. <laughs> so I don't want to act like everyone has an opportunity. And even in, in our jobs, in our lives, you can't just be like, I'm calling out because right. <laughs> of mental health, not everyone has that privilege. So we are speaking on a very specific sect of people. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying, she is, worked hard for that shit too. But she you know, did like, she work worked hard. hard for that privilege. Super like hard. so that she earned that shit to me. Like, 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 like she's not just the best, best. She's not just the best because people call her that. She's the best because of that training that we watched her doing that doc. She's the best because of the focus and dedication the that discipline. she, um, chose you know what i'm saying to 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 apply to her craft at such a young age like so she deserves to move the way she's moving now like that that is a different level of risk and reward that's a different level of applied effort and reward for, for sure it. And, and i think that we should just take our hats off to people anybody okay who works that hard and ends up being the best because another point i want to make when I think about being the best at what I do or the best at something, for me, it's never in a competitive, uh, um, it's never through a competitive lens as far as like versus my peers or whatever the fuck. I want to 
do my best at whatever project I'm working on so that my project is the best that it can be. Right. Not um, measured against someone or something It's your else. best versus the best. Yeah. And that's what and I, I, that's a massive difference to me. Huge difference, right? People who are pursuant of just like self-gratification or just, you know, trying to be competitive and knock other people out the space, those are motherfuckers that don't last. Um, your industry peers are the people who end up holding you up, who end right. up putting you in position. And it's just overall, like for the type of work that I do, I love running into my industry peers at events. I love seeing us all on the same panels. I love you know, being asked, well, who else, do you know anybody else who could do this? Yeah, yes. I love getting offered a gig and not being able to take it and being like, but you know what? I know such and such and connecting it. that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of, that is a part of the fun of doing the type of work that I do. And if you miss out on that because you're trying to be competitive and knock somebody else out the way, you're going to miss out in, like in the end. You just are. Every motherfucker that ever hated on me because there have been people of course. Who have denied what? me for opportunity, purposely went out of their way to to exclude me from shit Same. and end up including other people who backed out once they found out what they did to me. <laughs> right. Shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Those people have never, ever, ever fared well. And that is a lesson I learned in, in how I move through like this industry and shit. So that competitive shit, it's just really no place for it if it's not in the stats. You know what I'm saying? Like the wins and losses of your whatever your shit is that you do. If it's not there, an actual competition, just remove that energy because it's going to be detrimental to everybody. And it's not sustainable either. I noticed like the peers I have that are super competitive, they're never happy because like the goalposts, and the goalposts, right, the goalposts (laughs) will continue to move when you're looking around to see what everyone's doing, because it's not your goalpost, it's mm-hmm. everyone else's, and you're just on this constant chase, obviously you're never going to get it. That's just not how it works. That's why I think the focus on self, which is what I think Naomi is kind of bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. I don't know her, so I can't fully speak on how she moves or what she thinks, but from my observations on the documentary, she's really more concerned with just being her best. Like she yes. wants to feel good. She wants to find the right balance between being this dope ass athlete, but also being in a really good relationship. Cause her and, and Corday <laughs> look really cute. Uh, mm-hmm. Her and like you said, I love that. right. Her and her sister's relationship. You can tell that her and her mother probably have a little bit of tension, just typical mother daughter mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Who don't? Yeah. You know, don't. but they're like, you can see she's trying to work on that. And to me, that's like a, a full ranged human. And she's trying to find that. At least that's how I perceive it. Whereas with Tiger, he was just like one dimensional in a way it's like he had this one thing he was good at and that was all he poured his energy into and unfortunately that's how he was raised I mean I was talking with Shannon on the woo and she was telling me Andre Agassi like she had read his biography and he mentioned that his dad put tied a paddle to his hand when he was two just to get him to start naturally and organically getting the the, the feeling the and the motion of hitting everything with a paddle. And and Shannon seemed so impressed by that. I was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> mortified. She was like, isn't that amazing? I was like, no, not to me. Like, I think let a two-year-old be a two-year-old. <laughs> like, what are you talking yeah. about? I think that's a challenge I have, too, in watching these people who are, quote-unquote, superhuman 
that were, like Asante said, manufactured to be so. It's like, where is their li- like their actual soul in this storyline? You know, where is you know their actual happens? interest? Remember when Tiger's dad said Tiger was like, can I play like, I think it was football. He wanted to try something else. And dad was like, no, <laughs> you are good at golf. That's how I designed you. And that's what the fuck it is. And never really granted him the space to do anything else outside of that. He couldn't hang with his friends. He couldn't party. He couldn't do anything but golf. And the fact that Tiger stuck to it, it's almost like he didn't remember or even know that he had the right to say, no, fuck off. Like I'm a whole person. Yeah. And that's the problem to me. Even when you watch, um, you saw the clip with Will Smith, uh, for the Venus and Serena Williams, yeah. Williams movie, that's gonna it's same thing. It's like these parents go so hard, and it's hard for us because, yes, there's an element of like, wow, look what you accomplished with that level of focus. But there's also the other side that's like, wow, this is fucking weird. <laughs> like, I struggle with that because let the kid be a kid. I struggle with it though, Fran, because. Like, I don't have children, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have no kids, so I, I can't tell nobody how to parent. But I do know that if I did have children, they would have to be doing something, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell them what to do, but you have to be doing something. You have to be productive in some way. So I get that. I, I get, you know what I'm saying, putting your kids in some sort of sport like that and encouraging them to have some sort of follow through or learn how to finish what they start. You know what I mean? I think that competitive sports build confidence in kids and having a sense of accomplishment. There's a lot of healthy dynamics. I think that it's just critically important to have that balance, right? Where you, you tap into the emotional needs of a child, you know what I'm saying? As opposed to setting this up, setting them up for this incredible future. Cause I love the, the focus that um, Richard uh, Williams applied to Venus and Serena's careers. He literally bred champs right. out the mud first generation, like, you know, um, open the doors to wealth for, you know, their families. Like that is an incredible feat. And based on how Venus and Serena have um, become such well-adjusted, you know, adult women, you know, grown ass women, well, that we know that, of. That we know of, right? From what we see now, right? <laughs> people can portray what they can. I watched her doc and she looks sad to me. But based, <laughs> but based on though, right? Based on Serena having what appeared to be healthy friendships with people mm-hmm. like Lala, Beyonce, hus- Kelly Rowland, her husband, Rowling, you, her baby her husband that you love. the way she, the way we see her nurturing that badass little girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's cute and she's cute as hell and an adorable child. But you know, she looked like she, you know, you got to tell her sit down three times. <laughs> but the way that Serena, the way that we see those things, you know, exist in her life and her life and in her personhood. Um, I think that it is an indicator to her being well-adjusted, you know what I'm saying, at this point in her career. And that's a testament to what her father and them did. And there's a difference between that and some, I'm not even going to name name names because the breakdowns and things that we've seen are real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of other celebrities and, and people we've seen um, engaging in their craft at such an early age, right, who have gone on to be the best that did it ever, who are not living and thriving the way that Venus and Serena are right now. Mm -hmm. Hell, look at Tiger. Right. That's the difference. So I say, 
go ahead and apply it. Show your children the the benefit and the importance of focus and drive and determination and committing to a goal, right? But just supplement that, almost over supplement that with other healthy emotional outlets. Encourage just the same focus that you apply to that. Apply that same focus to developing their social skills. Apply that same focus to developing their, you know, interpersonal communication skills. Like, pour into the other areas too. Exactly. I'm not saying that, take away that from also that. need to be developed. It should not yeah. be at the cost of. Of and exactly. that's the problem. I think that's the issue I have, even with child stars and parents mm-hmm. who just go so hard with putting their kids. Because a lot Mom of it, to me, yeah, the momagers. Yeah. You know, Brandy Norwood's mom <laughs> that y'all love. A lot of these parents, to me, are getting a second chance at life. That's how yeah. I oh, view it. Oh, for sure. Living vicariously through their children. And it's so completely. unfair because, like you said, Dustin, there is an element of it that is is like, okay, yes, you want your kid to learn the power of focus, the power of discipline, the power of pouring yourself into something with all that you've got and not half-assing anything that you're a part of, but not at the cost of kids being kids, you know, and having friends. Like, that's a huge part of development. Like, I was asking Shan that because I was like, do you think it makes sense to spend so much energy on this one thing and nothing else in your life, especially her, someone like Shannon that prides herself on like mental development and emotional development, you know, all these things. And she was like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> She's like, you go hard. And then the second half of your life, you get to chill because you're retired, you accomplished. And that's when you and there's an element of like, yes, I get that. But like, OK, but where are you mentally by that point? <laughs> where are you, you gotta spiritually watch too, by that friend. point? Huh? You got to watch the child too, right? Because mm-hmm. if you if you start that sort of rigorous approach to excellence in a, a specific field, right? You watch how your kid responds to that. People who are naturally, you know, inclined to a certain passion, they're going to be okay with the work. Beyonce didn't complain that we've seen. You know what I'm saying? Right. When we've seen her talk about that. When we've seen her and her father, you know, speak about it and shit and her and whoever that singing and dancing and performing and making art was something that she literally loved to do. So she wanted to do that work as a parent. I will watch my baby. Okay. You say you want to sing bet. We about yeah. to start these months. And talk I get this that. Shit, and I put get you that in rehearsals. Being watch attentive. how they respond yes. to it. Being Be attentive to their interests as opposed to watch it. forcing your interests on there you them. Go. To me, that's a very subtle that's difference. The difference. Yes, because my mom, yeah. if she saw that I was drawn to music very early on, we didn't have the finances for her to really put me in programs. Mm-hmm, but one thing mm-hmm. that I do appreciate is my mom noticed like, oh, every time I look at this kid, she's singing Someone's on TV, I'm learning the song or trying to mimic the runs. And so she wouldn't stop buying me dolls and would buy me like the little Casio piano so I can make my own beats or a xylophone. Mm-hmm. Remember the little xylophone toy, mm-hmm. <laughs> the colorful mm-hmm. one? That everybody wanted. That yes. everyone wanted. So she kind of started nurturing that musical side so that I had an outlet. <laughs> so that I get being attentive and then. Uh, pouring into and nourishing like like Jade she sees that Noah <laughs> Noah loves to cut up clothes 
Mm-hmm. Like she's always cutting up leggings and turning them into crop tops and dresses and mm-hmm. da da da. So she put her in a sewing class. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's like smart and emotionally intelligent. Me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's very different if if Jade was like, You're gonna be a podcaster. No, <laughs> and hell no. Putting a mic and making her record a episode every day so that she's the best podcast. It's like and at the cost of like her emotional health, her mental health, her is this something she's even interested in? And even you mentioning Beyonce, we don't know much about Beyonce. I would love to sit with her and be like, looking back, yes, you're the best, but mm-hmm. was it worth everything that you've had to sacrifice where she can't even go outside yes. and ride a bicycle? said <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, but yes. you'd be surprised. There are a lot of artists I've talked to that literally say, no. No. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth just, it. Not at the cost I, of their actual life. I don't know. It's not It's not worth it. But then when you think about the the life that they can have, I, that's why it's the just access. important to have the balance, right? And just make sure that you are... Just build the human, right? Everything else that happens around that will work itself out if right. the human is intact. So if you if you nurture and raise a child who is complete or as close to complete as you can get them and can make strong, well-based decisions, you know what I'm saying, about how they use their time, I think that you can breed a superstar like like these motherfuckers have. <laughs> you just can't. You know what I'm saying? But you just have to, like like we're saying, though, you can't ignore the other needs that your child has. Period. And you don't want to fuck human. their life up for the yeah. sake of making them a superstar or a, a world champion or whatever it, excellence looks like in their passion. You right. know what I'm saying? But if my baby told me they wanted to sing and, and they was all right with getting up early in the morning going to rehearsals <laughs> and shit. Oh, and, yeah, that's you know, different. That's different. I would do it. I would encourage my baby to go after their motherfucking dreams because as a as this um, in this stage of Dustin, you know what I'm saying? At this stage of Dustin, I recognize the value in that, in finding and identifying your passions and pursuing them and shit. And I just get it. And so I would not tell my kid no, but I would have an eagle eye on their developmental process, yes. on, on how they are. We would be checking in. I would hire like some mental health professionals from the giddy up, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, to, to, to supplement them through this process, like, there's just ways that you can make it happen. But if my baby was a star, I'm not going to hold him back. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm I've not, always like, been, I've always really been obsessed with the concept of, um, like, values, like how values live on or dreams and wishes. So when we're watching these parents or momagers or uh, managers and stuff, like, they all kind of become an all-inclusive shot. It's always interesting to me why it happens. Like, are some of these people doing it because they didn't get the chance? So now they're trying to right. live out this dream through their child and put That's that off on I them. Feel. And so, or is it because, you know, because they were so talented now that they did have this child, the, ch- the child might have been born with some of the gifts too. And so they want to push those gifts. And so it's always interesting to watch how it plays out, whether it's just like, I don't know any of these people or how any of them act, but if I were to look at someone like, you know, tweeting her daughter, like they're both super fucking talented and it's just <laughs> right. crazy that they both can sing their asses off. But like, how crazy would it have been if, you know, once she was born, if Tweet was like, oh, well, you know, my baby going to sing all the damn time. And imagine if we never would have gotten an album from Tweet because she was too busy worried about putting her daughter's album out or something like that. It just would be interesting right. to watch something like that. But I always think about those types of things, especially when I see sports parents 
because or dance parents, like because I'm thinking about dance moms and watching all the parents argue with Abby Lee or whoever, or even uh, uh, uh the dancing dolls. Like it's crazy watching parents support their children and dr- and drive their children, but also in some of those scenarios, it's kind of hard because they're doing it, I guess, to give their child something. And sometimes it's they're trying to give their child, you know, something to do for their future. And sometimes it's something to do, uh, something that the parent specifically wants them to do. And it's weird that parents aren't, and I guess maybe I would be a bad parent, but if I had it my way, if I had <laughs> enough money, I would probably make my child do something new every other summer and be like, you know, until you find something you want to stick, what are you like? We just going to keep cycling yeah, in and like, out of programs. And so that's how you do it. Because a lot of yeah. parents, you know, if they'll put them in one thing and be like, this is expensive, so this is what you finna do. Like, you know, you finna football the rest of your life. It don't, you want to run track now? <laughs> no, I already got all the, the sports pads. Like, you're not running no track. So, go ahead. Sorry, because this just came into my head. Prime example, my little cousin, right? Went to college on a football scholarship. Been playing football all through elementary, through high school, all that shit. Got to, foot, got to college, played football and shit. Started researching like CTE and, and football related in- injuries. Now he's going to school to be um, a psychiatrist. Totally changed his oh, major wow. and everything. Don't, and wants to to dedicate his life's work, okay, to athletes, rehabilitating athletes and all that other shit. So some, sometimes you might start off on one path and, and really dedicate to yourself you. to it. Yeah. And, but you know why though? Because he had the space to listen to himself and yep. his intuition which was like, oh, I was put in this sport to then be led to this interest that I can then pursue. But if he had a parent who was like, no, you're not going to be no psychologist. Like, you're supposed to be Tom Brady, you know? And that's the difference. His parents got his back. And that, to to me, is the difference. It's like, I think these parents scare me because they are so rigid, you know, and they and they forget that this is a human that My they're raising. My way or the Yeah, like this is a human you're raising. This isn't a machine. This isn't a cog. This isn't a robot. And I know, Dustin, we joked when you said, like, Beyonce at the end of the day, would she say it was all worth it? We don't know. She could say yes. She could say no. But let's be real here. What you're achieving is also, like, capitalistic ideals. Let's true. really, true. really talk true. about true. it. Like, Okay, you have what? A lot of money. Great. You have what? Any car you can buy. Great. You have what? A fame. So you can walk into any room. You have a name. It's like all these things are very specific things that you achieved. And that only matters if that's the world you're trying to impress. But what happens when you're by yourself and no one is there (laughs) and it's not about your cars? Why? I remember... um, there's an artist mm-hmm. I'm friends with, and mm-hmm. he told me when he goes, this is a massive artist, by the way, he goes on the stage, he was like the high of the audience, when you walk out, the way people feel, the screaming, and he was like, but the scariest part of being famous is when you're by yourself in your hotel room. Mm. Those moments when nobody's there and it's just you, that's where there's a reckoning of like, do I even really love this shit? (laughs) Do I even, what does this all really fucking mean? Because you're just by yourself. Lucky. Yeah. Like you take off that identity that you've created for survival so that you can seem of value to the world. And clearly all this shit stemming from you not having felt of value. So you go super hard to create this so-called value 
But a lot of it, in my opinion, tends to be in the wrong direction because of the world we live in. They design this shit to make you think this is what makes you a value. That's why I hate when I meet people and they don't ask my name. They say, what do you do? I hate that because I think you're deciding in this moment what value I bring and if I'm worthy to for you to have conversation with. That's how I take it. Obviously, it might be different for why people say it, but like you don't want to know my name. (laughs) I hate that. Like you don't care if I'm okay having a good day. Go ahead or something. She's so lucky. She's a star, but she cry, 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 cries in her lonely heart. Hello. Like. If there's nothing missing in her life, then why do these tears come at night? Like, Britney fucking Spears was at the top of her game at this time, making this music at this time. And it's like, when you look at today, what the fuck has been happening to her? Not, I mean, I don't know if Lucky was about that, and it very well could have been. But it's like, Mm -hmm. it's crazy when you're seeing someone at the top of their game, touring, hitting stage, and you think that they're so happy. And then some people... I mean, you know, we know better, but then some people you hear someone's unhappy and you're like, damn, you're unhappy. You know, you got too much money to be unhappy. And it's like, (laughs) that don't matter. Like Cardi B got all this money and she still gets on the internet. And because she has all this money, it doesn't mean that people are going to be nice to her. So I'm not going to get mad at her for going off on people when they are telling her things, when they're talking about her child or her health. Like, of course, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk shit. I'm not going to be like, you know what? I got too much money to log off. I mean, yeah, I would like to, but if you catch me on a day where I'm raw on some shit, some shit like, you know, I had a bad day, like, I might retweet and start cracking fucking jokes. I mean, yes, that would be the goal. I ain't but, fucking with you. I mean, yeah, that okay. is the goal. I would like, work so damn hard to get to that point. Once I get yeah, rich I wouldn't even and be on online, like that, from, not, let me be clear, not just be, being rich for the sake of, but once I get rich from my talents, from my gifts, and I feel that, that, what? Once my gifts and my talents are valued at that level, I, I there's a lot of shit that I'm not gonna give a fuck about. Real talk. <laughs> See, but keyword, you're saying once your talents are valued, valued by mm-hmm. whom though? Because to me, that's where it gets tricky. Because if you allow yourself to only be viewed as if that is the value you bring people forget about all the other parts yeah but see i'm speaking in a literal sense right Mm -hmm. the value the worth of it right according to the the people who that commodity is of value to you get what i'm saying so like once my gifts but it's not value as far as my self-worth or how good i feel about myself what Mm -hmm. i'm saying is once i advance the meter of where the the value of that is to a certain point it's going to mean that i have access to a lot of other things that occupy my time and i'm not going to give a fuck you know what i'm saying to fight on twitter with stands you get what i mean (laughs) that's the thing it's not about the fact that because i feel so good about myself because my shit is this now i i don't hear that i fly above the haters no i got shit literally i'm gonna be so busy you know what i'm saying because now i've unlocked these doors to opportunity you know that i'm not gonna give a fuck i'm not even gonna think about that shit i'm fucking busy i have things to concentrate on it to occupy occupy my time right. that's the point i'm making so like i could give a damn about a bitch the nigga whoever feeling like you know what i'm saying oh dustin is the shit or dustin you know does you you didn't made it nah not like that right. what i'm saying is once i occupy a certain space to where my shit is hitting at a level that unlocks doors of opportunity. And you can live the me. life that you want. I don't. And the life that I want means that I'm busy doing things and being productive. You know what I'm saying? Changing the world type shit. I ain't gonna yeah. give a damn about what a bitch got to say. That's what I mean when I say that shit. Like, yeah. And I and I sincerely mean that shit. I don't. I ain't even gonna see that shit. 
I get all. that. I just the point of this hot button was a couple different layers. <laughs> it was just the difference in your body when you're trying to be the best and when you're trying mm-hmm. to do your best. I think those are two very different feelings different. because I I noticed that I will fall into depressive episodes. Um, some like severe anxiety and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not someone that really experiences those feelings as much anymore. And the reason I don't feel those things as much anymore is because I no longer allow people to place my value, you know, based on their perception or based on what they need me to be, especially the people around me. I always say I wouldn't have gone to college to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think I had Mm -hmm. so much more to do with that money. (laughs) I had so much more to do with that time, so much more I wanted to explore. But I did that because my mom needed me to do it. Even the high school I went to, that was not the school that I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to LaGuardia, the School of Performing Arts. I got in. I went for vocal audition. I think I sang Lauryn Hill, of course, because everyone and their mama was singing Lauryn Hill. And I got in, you know, and, and I remember being like, oh, shit, like, yo, I'm going to LaGuardia. And my mom was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> she was like, no, you're not. Because she was like, you're going to Riverdale, which is like top notch put it this way tracy ellis ross and jfk are our alums like wow those kinds of families sent their kids to that school and that's what my mom cared about and at the time i didn't really feel like i had a say because she made the decision of what she wanted my life to look like and i won't say i regret it i do think i I, which i've mentioned on the show before i've suffered a lot of mental and emotional battles with having to be at a school i didn't want to be with peers i didn't want to be around uh competing for attention from teachers and accolades for shit that i really didn't care about i wanted to be in the studio with claude making music because that to me made me feel valuable because I was doing what I wanted. I was good at it. It excited me. But here I was taking fucking poli side classes <laughs> because I, you know, it's like, what? Okay. And did nothing with the degree. That's the funniest part. And paid it off so much money. I always think I paid what, $60,000, $70,000? Think of what I could have done with that. <laughs> If I could have invested that into the shit I wanted to do. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like there's so many um, voices, whether it's the people that are rooting you on, whether it's the people that are raising you, whether it's the people around you, your peers that can seep in. And I'm proud of someone like Naomi Osaka who did stick with what her parents wanted for her, but she hit a point where she's like, but this is where your influence ends. And this is where I begin and granting everyone permission to do the same. So this, you know, conversation had a bunch of different layers, (laughs) even what success means, you know, markers of success is just something I'm very passionate about people making sure that the markers are their own. Fuck that. I don't care if the most exciting thing you want to do is have goats <laughs> and, or a blueberry farm. Like, who cares? You know, stop looking at everyone else because most people are unhappy. That's the reality True. of it. So that's what I want. I don't know if you had any final. Asante, you look like you wanted to say something. No, I was just going to say on Real Housewives of Potomac, you know, Wendy, 
she's been a what Fox CNN correspondent and quit her little job so she can stay at home and make candles. So wait, what? Who is this? Um, Real Housewives of Potomac, one of the housewives, Wendy. She quit to make candles. <laughs> See, but that's gangster. Well, she, she, After she putting her four really degrees quit. on us all last season, she came back and decided to. Have <laughs> she candles. didn't quit. What she did was she said that she wanted to start a home essentials line, and because she's been so um, insist- insistent on reminding us of her educational background and the work that she has typically done as a political commentator and also a professor at Johns Hopkins University. Wow. Um, It was a little bit shocking for most people that she was now um, (laughs) interested in pursuing a home essentials line starting with candles. That's dope to me. Yeah. And she's Nigerian, (laughs) and and in a Nigerian culture, education is really a priority. Exactly. Um, And so she's done that. She has a PhD, you know what I mean, which is a terminal degree. Shout out to Dr. Uh, Robinson, our dear friend. Hey, hey, hey. Um, But (laughs) she did that, and so everybody was kind of surprised that she had that interest now. Um, See, but to me, that's so dope. Like, I love that. I love people that are like, fuck it, man. This might seem crazy. This might seem like a quote-unquote downgrade or whatever, but it's what I want to do. It's what I feel called to. And I think (laughs) if more people did that, the world would be a happier place. And the last point, too, if you want to play in those fields in those you know in those markers of success that are more matrixy just do it on your own terms i there's an element that i'm playing being an influencer i sure as hell don't wake up in the morning being like this is what i want to do but (laughs) it's 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 something that i'm using to learn more about myself you know, I've been able to expand skill sets and see things for myself that I probably would not have known if I didn't step into these different fields. And I'm making the changes and pivots in the next coming years that allow me to get closer to what I truly feel called to, whether that's stepping behind, stepping back, whatever it is, I'm being brave enough to do it. You know, even though people around me are like, what the fuck? (laughs) Why are you moving? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And it's like, Cause I feel called to it, and that's really what the bottom line is. So Naomi Osaka, if you happen to hear this, we fucks with you. Yes, the long way, and <laughs> let's go have champagne. <laughs> and shout out to Simone. You have worth, regardless of what your routine looks like. Tiger, I hope you're somewhere in on your couch getting rest and doing what you want to do today, because <laughs> that is the true mark of success. Yeah, we know what that is. <laughs> That's the true marker of success, in my opinion. So that's that's, that's it. his. What he likes to do <laughs> is the true marker of his success, in his opinion, too. <laughs> <laughs> Having one of those is his marker of success. And we would be all right if he would have never denied the obvious. So let's just move on. Let's just move on. Like Jabria said, let's just do the question. She's so great. <laughs> Shout out to Jabria. This is the friend zone. Friend zone. Friend zone. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. So 
that's it for this week's hot button. Thank you guys for chiming in and sharing your thoughts. And of course, those of you listening, we love to hear where you stand in these different layers. I'm going to make the wellness segment very quick because I have talked enough. So look at this for those of you watching on Patreon. I posted this on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) It is this ointment called Lucas's Paw Paw Ointment. It's fermented fruit, and it's based out of Australia. I thought it was just a lip balm. I was sadly mistaken. This is a cure-all, okay? Because I tweeted about it. My best friend actually put me on and gave it to me when I was in Oakland. She was like, yo, she's the shit, though, by the way. Shout out to Malaya, because she's the one that put me on to loan. So she don't put me on to a lot of things, but when she puts me on, she's on, okay? So this one, (laughs) she was like, oh, there's this new product I wanted you to try and see how you feel about it. And, bro, I threw out all my lip balms. Y'all know I'm one of those people that's, like, obsessively. Yo, this is the one. But when I tweeted about it, people from Australia that follow were like, bro, that is like you'll rarely see an Australian not have this in their house, in their bag, in their pocket. It's like a heritage brand at this point, which Damn, makes I sense. Want some from Australia, yeah, because it's Me like too. a hundred year old uh, product, and it's uh, Dr. T. P. Lucas was a botanist and medical practitioner, and he actually developed this ointment for use at his medical practice. That's why he made oh. it. Um, to help with skin ailments, illnesses, wound care, cuts, uh, chafing, you name it. A lot of the ailments, too, when you're bedridden at the hospital, you know, they have you have sores and a lot of different skin ailments that happen from being so sedentary and from laying there. Um, So he created this for that, but it ended up doing so well that he turned it into a whole company that his kids and family to this day still run. Mind you, this is 1906, and it's still popping in he 20, better have asked them if that's what they wanted to do with their life <laughs> you know what you are right Dustin. <laughs> he was like because y'all gonna keep this shit going <laughs> <laughs> what if i want ashy lips god damn it <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> but if you're looking for an ointment i i the, you can actually go to the thread where i tweeted it because people were sharing how this has changed their lives it's like a cure-all um, people have mentioned it helping them with their eczema, with heat rash, diaper rash for their kids. Obviously, um, dry lips, which is why I use it. And so the spelling is Lucas's L-U-C-A-S. Uh, Papa is P-A-P-A-W, which I think is so cute. He named it that. Like it's just sound, Yeah, it sounds real down home, you know. Um, so where can you get it? You can either go to drlucas.com.au, that's d-r-l-u-c-a-s.com.au, or our personal fave, Amazon. <laughs> you can go ahead and grab that. They have the jar in case you're more interested in using it on cuts and wounds and things where you might need a little bit more. And then they have the smaller tube, which will hook you up. For them dry lips, we are heading into the colder temperatures soon. I, I was telling the guys that I saw a tweet that said, uh, this is the, like, the sun is not going to set at 8 anymore. This was the longest day, and we won't see it set till a year from now or some shit like that. And I got very depressed because I do not like the cold. But I will be ready for it. Shout out to Lucas's Paw Paw Ointment. <laughs> That's this week's wellness segment. And that is it for me, Asante. 
What you got for us, Mr. Music Man? All right, all right, all right. It's the Music Man segment. We finna get y'all started with the ATM. That's artists to mention. And I'm going to just tell y'all about some albums that have dropped. And I ain't necessarily had the time to listen to everything, but I want to make sure that we all on the same page. Nas, King's Disease 2. Mm. Nas, is, Nas is still, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's Nas. You have to listen. It's, uh, it's required listening. There's really nothing else to say. Uh, 15 tracks of pure heat, a bunch of features, not even the most important things, but there's some great features on here. But uh, I don't want to disrespect Nas. And not this is no this ain't no little Nas right here, okay? This is King Nasir. So, <laughs> and this is King's Disease 2. Go check it out. Tell us what tracks you like. Um, if you're on Apple Music, they've got these cool little, like, you know, background things that changes. Mm. I, I recently re-signed up for my Apple Music, and um, I'm enjoying the little tweaks to it, all right? I, I must say, it's cute. <laughs> um, an- another project that came out, I did listen. To, I did listen to this one. Uh, three, three, three. Tanache, she is back with a oh, full project. She on, is excited. It's exciting. There's some dope ass, awesome ass, like cool ass production on here. Very in line with Tanache. Very evolved oh. Tanache. Uh, still get complex dancing and beautiful visuals. Tanache is an all around artist. Really fucking with the earlier songs on the track. Uh, that the whole first three, like that run, these all have stars because they all are good. Uh, Let Go, I Can See the Future, and X Feature, and Jeremiah. Um, other features on the album, Cash Page, uh, Absolutely, if you're familiar. Also, Wax Motive, and then um, Quiet Child and Kudzai. I will say Tanache has very, like, she's got like a really uh, p- particular taste of R&B that she does, and she does it very, very well. So if you're into some evolved uh ethereal pop hip-hop rock Ooh, rap shit so. alternative type shit like <laughs> tanache got a little something for everybody on there i must say it's it's amazing um another artist that i would like to talk about i don't have this queued up but i do have his name isaiah richard mm-hmm. the house is burning he first of all isaiah richard i have been waiting forever for him to like really like be back and be black and he is black as hell and i'm appreciating it i'm loving it this this project, there are 16 songs on there. Scissors on there, Black's on there, Uzi's on there, J-Rock's on there. There are a lot of people on here. But Isaiah Richard does not disappoint on this project. Uh, I just really love him. He loves me. That's why the first song is called Dark Side. Um, <laughs> he's a great artist. He's a great rapper. Oh, and also, I have to mention, he has um, I Am Dochi featured on here, who's an artist that I talked about. She's a super dope rapper. It's cool to see both of them linking up on a track, and her being as cool as she is, especially her being supported as fresh new talent, and him being an established dope-ass rapper uh, supporting her, especially when he has so much to prove coming back, and he's proved it. So shout out to Isaiah Richard. Those are the artists that I would like to mention. You two are more than welcome to mention artists that you'd like, or we can get right into songs to play. Well, Fine. I want to play some records. I want to quickly say also shout out to Jesse Boykins the third who helped Isaiah Rashad with the HBT HB to you record. To you. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a little tongue twister, but I had to definitely shout out the homie for that work, which is awesome. I actually didn't get a chance to listen to the project yet, though. Are you into it? You are going to enjoy it, friend. It's good. Um, some I dope heard vibes. The little the little Uzi record though. I happened to catch Crazy. it on Spotify you know a couple days ago. <sighs> if that is setting the tone for the rest of the project, I'm sold because that record is crazy. I literally, we played it like a couple of times. 
singing yeah, along. He's got some, like, this is he, dope. He's definitely got some chill shit on there for you. And then he's got some, like, mm-hmm. some shit to get you up. So I'm just happy to see Isaiah Rashard back in the building. Word mm-hmm. up. All right, friend, Shout what else you got? Um, Dustin, you go first. I, I want you to go first because your hair look pretty. thank you i'm having a pretty good hair day so Uh you know i had to shout out my bushki india sean i was about to say this is why i should just go first i'm like go ahead india sean you know ain't no way in hell she's dropping a record and i ain't shouting it out so she put out (laughs) a new record on friday called don't play with my heart Y'all already know who she is. If you listen to the show, you know who India Sean is. And this is how it goes. say <laughs> incredible just don't play with her heart okay that part but also she don't miss she don't <laughs> her and alex hey. isley do not miss gosh beautiful catalogs man Both of them. Uh, my other fave victoria monet also yes, dropped the record has. i was very happy on friday let me tell you that there's certain new music fridays that just have me up all night because i just want to like sink my teeth into all the new uh songs that drop and that this past friday was one of those days uh coasting by victoria monet and this is how it goes Love you is how I spend my Tell me, baby, baby, what's your sign? Cause you're astronomically fine. And all I do is think of you. Baby, all <laughs> what a line <laughs> and then my it, yes <laughs> i love victoria because she finds the sexiest flyest ways to talk about sex in her songs and make it hit. um and then hold on let me pull up my last one and then my bushki de niro ferrar shout out to north carolina hey. <laughs> He 
he just dropped a new record that I love. You gotta check out the video that he directed as well. Um, it's called No Major. Gel. It's so good. He killed it. Shout out to the styling. He's the near Ferrari <laughs> featuring Trinidad, <laughs> Trinidad James, and this is how it goes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No gel in my. No gel in my. Yeah. Yeah. No gel in my. No gel in my. No gel. Yeah. No gel in my. No gel in my. Yeah. 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 Freeform with the rosters. Nappy head, wearing frozen and braids. Used to have my Nike paw when I wore the fade. Back then, it was all about hopes and ways. Throwback jerseys and matching J's. Nowadays, walk around and beat up trucks. Free from them, it's a prison. I don't get no. Don't tear brother down, trying to build you up. Now, what y'all know about the dirty south? Watch a dread hit, wearing gold in their mouth. Get them in, move them out. Now they say it's a drop. Don't judge me, judge what come out of my mouth. Cause a smartest could have went to harbor. Stayed on the block, I be rotting bars. Out on the corner with them, trying to feed their dogs. Trying to feed their dogs. Ain't no telling my shit. I don't go to church, but I got a conscience. Got been hit with some good content. Eat the poop the yo till it's unconscious. Ain't no jelly mash. Stop the nonsense. I don't go to church, but I got a conscience. Got been hit with some good content. Eat the poop the yo till it's unconscious. Ain't no jelly mash. Stop the nonsense. I don't go to church, but I got a conscience. Got been hit with some good content. Eat the poop the till it's unconscious. Ain't no jelly mash. Stop the nonsense. I don't go to church, but I got a conscience. Got been hit with some good content. Shout out to Trinidad James. Definitely check out that second verse. Ain't it tight? You gotta play that loud and in your house. It's just a dope ass summer record. And the video, like I said, is super fun too. So shout out to Daniel Farrar, Trinidad James. The record is called No Gel. N-O-G-E-L. Check that out. And those are my three for this week. Okay, Dustin Ross, what you got? We're going to start this shit off right with a classic. This is uh, Slow Roll It by The Love Doctor. You know, I'm so sick and tired of all you young ladies out there trying to tell me that I don't know how to love one. But one day I found me an older lady. One that knows what to do, when to do, how to do, and where to do it. Stroke it with emotion. Not only that, she taught me how to get down and roll it. Slow roll it. That's something you young girls don't understand. (laughs) But now that I'm an older man, slow roll it. I can teach you anything that you need to know. My woman taught me how to, you know what she taught me? Slow roll it, yeah. My baby taught me, stroke it with emotion, stroke it with emotion. Yeah, (laughs) shout out to the love doctor, slow roll it. If you know, look. You are I-Y-K. Y-K. <laughs> so that's Slow Rolling by the Love Doctor. All right, next up, we're going to take it to Slow that Nas rolling. record. Okay. <laughs> Stroke it with emotion. That's what right. What made you even think of this song, Dustin? Because, you know, I done, I done been in a couple rooms. I done been in a couple rooms in my day, okay? And I know how to dance when that song come on. I'm now, dead. You are so funny. Shout out to Nas for the King's Disease 2 album. Him and Hit Boy uh, partner for this project. Hit Boy did all the production. Word. It's incredible from start to finish. Finish. Rare is right. It, rare and Store Run are my two favorite songs on this album, and they go in neck and neck. So I'm gonna play Rare today, and maybe we'll listen to Store Run next week. I'm so down. this Rare by Nas. Now 
this song is someone that you really have to listen to on your own because the beat changes three times during the song. Oh, so what shit. you hear in this clip is not the way the song sounds the whole way, but it's still the shit. So this is Rare by Nas. changes later it's the shit like we be on the gangsta shit for a long time it's the shit but anyway i love that song okay my I last love when songs do that by the way that's like my oh my shit. god shout <laughs> out to don shout fly. out to don richard okay mm-hmm. her second line album with all them beautiful transitions that actually yes. tell a story but that was another episode for another time make sure y'all listen to that episode <laughs> you heard second and the last song i want to play is actually the number one song in the country right now this is number one on billboard hot 100 and it's the jam. I literally saw that it was the number one song. So I was like, let me listen to this and just, you know, see what it is. Right. And I fucking love it. I'm curious. This song is called Stay by the Kid Leroy and featuring Justin Bieber. Here we go. Told you that I never would. I told you I changed. Even when I knew I never could. Know that I can't find nobody else as good as you. I need you to stay. Need you to stay. I get drunk, wake up, I'm wasted still. I realize the time that I wasted. I feel like you can't feel the way y'all feel. I'll be fucked up if you can't be right. Oh, 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 oh. I'll be fucked up if you can't be right. Stay, the Kid Leroy featuring Justin Bieber. Hot, right? You you know what this reminds me of? Have y'all one. been seeing the Olivia Rodrigo girl that is like taking over the charts? Like they love no. her. Apparently she's from TikTok. I don't know. And she just got really so popular. This is some TikTok oh, yeah. shit. It is some TikTok, but it's <laughs> good TikTok shit because I was okay. curious. I was like, you know, there's some artists that come out and they just are huge. And you're like, but why? <laughs> Like Camila. <laughs> but then when I clicked on her, it was like, oh, I get it. Y'all, yeah. listen to this project. I It's similar to Dustin. You just click it out of curiosity, and then you like, oh, shit. Her name is Olivia Rodrigo, and the project is called Sour. This is what it looks like. Oh, dope, dope, dope. And it's similar in the sense that it's just a genre that I haven't really listened to in a long time. Very mm-hmm. white radio, but she executed every song really well. So shout out to her. I'm, I understand why she has, let me see, she has damn near, let me go to her thing. This girl has 
58 million monthly listeners on just Spotify. Wow. Like, oh, she ain't fucking around. Different type of time. So definitely check that out just on us Damn. clicking random shit. <laughs> She ain't, I'm, this thing keeps on fucking Slow rolling. You know what? That's the name <laughs> of the episode. The Slow rolling. That's it. <laughs> Slow rolling. And everybody that sees that, that knows, watch the response we get when the episode drops. When they see Slow rolling. Watch. Watch. Oh, Lord. And that's it for me for the music segment. For me. For me. That was you a good. The range, Dustin Ross. The range. Thank you. <laughs> well, HBO Max randomly has this show called F Boy Island that I randomly clicked on and I was I watching. I just saw the banner for it. It's good. Have you watched? I uh, saw the okay, banner, so- but I'm like love showed out because I the our listeners convinced me to start watching Love Island. See, Love Island <laughs> is too long. That's why that's why I started watching F Boy like Island. Cause- it. They got well, no, me. It, I, I ain't say it wasn't good. Love Island is good, good. Because you know I live for those type of reality shows. Like Big Brother, you Same. see the episode every fucking day. So when I saw Love Island was all that, I was like, oh, I might need to get into this. But I feel like I'm too far behind to get caught up with the cool kids that have been talking about it on my timeline. So I'm like, I'm going to just catch it on the off season and I'll be ready for y'all next time. But <laughs> HBO dropped F-Boy Island. There's only five episodes out. It's good, too. Like, it's... First of all, it turned me off because the uh, promo, you know, it's the three women, the black girls in the middle. And I was like, you know, y'all only put her in the middle because it's F-boy. But the real tea is <laughs> there's an F, like one of them F, uh, one of them girls, they are F-girl. And she's the shit. Oh, she really I'm so. All right. So Watching it's, 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 today. It's bu- oh, f- oh, my God. Y'all know like, I love an from, F-girl. <laughs> from, from the eye candy on the cast to the women being sensible, uh, Nikki Glazer, she's the host and she's she's actually pretty funny on there. Like there's some there's some shit on this show, I have to say. But the reason I brought the show up is because I was watching the episode and you know when there's some music playing, like, oh, okay, let me Shazam this. So I Shazam this song yes. and that, it, it was on F-Boy Island. But uh, this artist, their name is Kai Dreams, K-H-I-A, K-H-A-I, excuse me, Dreams. And the song is called Sunkissed and it was just so cute playing in the background. I forgot if something fucked up happened before it or after it, but I was like, damn, this is a good song. So here it is. My time, you know I wanna be a rock. My love, you know I wanna be a light. Darkness, how you find me just in time to tell me what I needed to hear. So if you don't know what you need, you can leave it all to me. Don't want you worried about a thing. I know you do the same for me. Cause you're so lovely, you're so lovely. I can't help but fall for you, love. When you love me, it's so lovely loving you. Oh, oh. So lovely loving you. Oh, oh. So softly a tender breeze brush against my knees on a summer afternoon i get to thinking about the hazy days under august shade that i used to spend with you i didn't realize it was all i wanted what i had my riddled heart i had to cradle back together just to see it's all like magic to me you do magic baby when you love me you're so lovely i can't help but
that was a pleasant surprise to my ears because you know there was you know you hear a piece of a song it's like oh there might be something there and then you hear the song like, oh it's a little something more than I anticipated mm-hmm. so why people be talking about him like that <laughs> I love Chet Han- if that's what Chet Hanks music sounds like <laughs> I think that's minute. incredible he's an artist wasn't it Chet Hanks could you imagine that who, if it was is it Chet Hanks <laughs> I thought that was Chet Hanks it sound good to me why everybody mad at the Chet Shit. Well, y'all met at Chet. Chet. <laughs> the next artist that I would like to play is Tanache. Um, this was, I had to pick oh, a yay. selection from 333. Uh, this song is unconditional. This song does not so- uh, sound the uh, same the entire way through as well. Just a little bit through it changed. I think it only changed up one time, but you know, Tanache changed a few times. Uh, unconditional. This, I think I'm playing the part where it's going into the next part. I just want to hit yeah, a little bit of both. That's how much I fuck with you. that I can't I'm keep playing the song but to play her album <clears throat> I love her so much Tanache is just everything that I want in pop and R&B and she always gives me little visuals and she's just so fucking intelligent and intentional and I just appreciate all of her art and yeah I have to talk about her all the time because she just keeps blessing me so I had to make sure I talked about her last artist that I will bring you is an artist that we have spoke of previously OMB Bloodbath we love over here at the friend zone actually it'd be dope if they came on the show I don't know um they had they dropped a project called Blood Sample and on Blood Sample there's a song called Swiss Cheese okay (laughs) and Bloodbath (laughs) OMB Bloodbath. I I wanted to make sure I heard you right because Jay said she was neutering the plant. (laughs) So I wanted to make sure I heard you right. You said Bloodbath. It's almost October anyway, so this is is the time for an artist with a name like Bloodbath to come out. Hold on. Are are they young? Because, you know, these youngins with these names. OMB Bloodbath. Oh, this is a person. We've talked about OMB Bloodbath. I... I played a song and then you played a song uh, oh, you, uh, with Ken the Man. The For yes. Me record. Yes. You brought yes. me back. Yes. Oh, wow. Look, and, and now you remember how you felt when you heard the For Me record. Because it's a crazy so, record. And shout out to Ken the Man. You don't get enough attention for me. And no, actually, shout out to Ken, uh, to Ken the Man, too, because she did just drop a um a project or a, a song or a visual. I need to go watch it because I saw did. her come up in my array of YouTube. So I need to go watch that. And Ken the Man, we'll be talking about you next week. But this week, OMB Bloodbath, this song is called Swiss Cheese. And it goes a little something like this. I don't need a bit with a big knee. Down bus not a chain, make the bit free. I ain't hit the hole, could the be T. 
chops turn nigga in Swiss cheese. I was sitting dope in the fold with a pole, trying to get a little roll on the T-Speed. Let a nigga die when he did me. Mug a nigga fly like a fool. <sighs> I like that. I like that. That's tight. Love some OMB. Love some OMB. Love some OMB. That's that's it for me uh, over here at the Music Man segment. There's tons of music that's been out. You all out there listening, let us know what you've been listening to in whatever comments you're in because there are so many of them, so many places to choose from. And that is it for the Music Man segment. So, Dustin Ross, I would love for you to take it away over at TV Land. What you been watching? Welcome to Jocelyn's Cabaret. Your every (laughs) desire shall be fulfilled. She says that's exactly what she says, Fran. And no now, wonder someone tweeted me that. And I was like, why is it so still? Now, I took a deep dive into this this week, you know, because it was part two of the reunion. And so I felt like it was worthy of a catch up and a check in. On my behalf, you can find that behind the gates of Patreon. Okay. <laughs> That's where that lives on this week's warning they signs. Love. But for those the who are not over there, Thank you for that. Thank y'all for loving on me. Just what did uh, the whispers say? Just keep on loving me, loving me, loving me. Okay. So for those who didn't watch, just know that Jocelyn acted. It was the, the, the duality of it all was just so much for me to take on. While... Let me start with a positive. Like, Jocelyn is a bona fide reality star, and that what we witnessed on that stage was in the moment, authentic, organic, verbal sparring, going back and forth, not rehearsed. There were no um, Phaedra Park's pizza box reads that were rehearsed and thrown out. This was literally like, we in the moment. Oh, well, bitch, fuck you, bitch, fuck you with them two big-ass shoes on. Well, bitch, that's why your <laughs> tooth doing it. got a kickstand. You know, they was just going back and forth. And so that I appreciated. Um, I'm glad she's working. I'm looking for good things to say because I have to, I have to look for good things to say. Um, because there was so much negative things to say. Lunell fell asleep. Yeah. Why was she even yeah. there? Wait, um, what? So just you heard it. <laughs> yeah. And I want y'all to watch it. But I, I want to say this one thing: Big Lex, the flex, yeah. is my favorite. She won that reunion and she stayed ten toes the fuck down from the yeah. moment she came out on that stage to the moment she walked off of that stage. The way Ballistic cussed her out, who was Jocelyn's boyfriend, was horrible. He should have been ashamed of himself. And the fact that they were motivated, Jocelyn threw a candelabra at this girl's head. And Ballistic got up and charged her. (laughs) All because the girl just would not stop having a response to the horrible things. If Somebody somebody can only tell you, bitch, shut the fuck up, ho, so so many many times. times. On a stage before you start getting her ass, you know? And the thing about it is Big Lex has a a knack for comedic timing. She's the girl who said, damn, double homicide. That's who Big Lex is. So what you think she was going to do in that reunion Mm -hmm. stage? And she tore their asses up and everybody else on the stage, too. Calmly, she did her thing. And so I just want to give my... uh, I just want to tell her good job for being on Jocelyn's Cabaret, the reunion part two, because Big Lex did her damn thing. Other than that, Love and Marriage Huntsville is really good. I'm going to go into a deep dive on that next week on Patreon. But that's been amazing. There's a new cast member named Tiffany who is starting the shit, okay? She's a pot-stirring shit starter um, with beady eyes and natural hair, and I love every minute of it. Um, and, yeah, and she's and the funny thing about this lady, Tiffany, right, the reason I say natural hair is because you can tell 
tell it's like her first season. She don't really have like no weave, you know what I'm saying? Like her hair is just, she looks very much like she got dressed to come to film, but not as a personality, like just like a regular Without person. Without a glam team. And it's refreshing. The way Do I you would understand come what I'm saying? if I was on well, a reality no, show. Because no, <laughs> you would look, you would, you would come that way too, but you would look, you know. You picking up what I'm putting down. And once you see her, you're going to know exactly what I mean. She very much looks like a school secretary. Like okay. a, what does she look like? Like she work at the credit union. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like when you see her, you're going to see what I mean. I got and you. that's literally how the girl, Lady Tiffany looks. Um, Letitia is a bumbling I'm not going to say that, but Letitia just has a long way to go. One of the other cast members on this show, she got a long way to go. Um, Love and Mary Tunsville is good. Watch it. Once you watch it, subscribe to our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash the friend zone podcast, correct? Yep. Or just the friend zone, the friend zone podcast. Um, And there we'll go into a deeper dive on that. But these are the shows that you need to watch to talk with us over in that space, the gated communities. Watch Love and Marriage Huntsville. Deep dive coming soon for that. Catch up on Jocelyn's Cabaret Atlanta, the reunion and the reunion only, not the rest of the show, because it's just too much to handle. Um, And and also watch. Through the first reunion, really. Well, no, you should. Yeah, through through, through the first 20 minutes for sure. (laughs) For Damn. sure. Thank you. Because there was 40 minutes of fluff, but the last 20 of the 40 are well, necessary for the yeah. rest of the... Yeah. So um, you're right, Asante, 100% <laughs> right. Um, but watch that. Also, the deeper dives on the Real Housewives of Potomac are going to take place over there, too. Um, we're still going to talk about those things here because I don't want anybody that listens to the podcast to miss out. So we're still going to talk about all of it, but we're going to go into a much more detail, much more... Um, adding in references from seasons past that, you know, contextually will will catch you up, so to speak. That's where those conversations will take place. But we still going to fucking talk about it here, which is why I will admit here that although Candace Dillard is, Candace Dillard Bassett is not one of my favorite people in the reality television universe, she makes me laugh in her confessionals. Candace is so funny, and I want to like her so bad. Um, but I've just watched her since see, I watched season three. I did. I watched. Is that the one that spells four. it with an I? Yeah. Why okay. is there an I here? Candyus. 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 That's what they say. But Candice. There's just no reason for that. Candiacy. But once you meet her mom, Miss Dot, you'll understand. Um, so. Have you heard her music? No. I saw. Candice got a song out. She got a song out called "Drive Back," and I'm not gonna lie. I know. I've watched, I've watched it a couple times. Carrie I, I, posted I drove it. Back. Carrie posted mm-hmm. it. That's how I saw it. I was like, oh. I love Carrie. I didn't. I, I, that's one tweet of his that I zoomed. What are we on right now? Zoom. I zoomed on past. Okay. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. You would have thought I was a Mazda. Okay. Because I was zooming. Um, but I'm just not interested in her music. I wish her success. I don't want her to fail or anything like sure. that. I hope the project does well, but I just don't want to hear her sing. You know what I'm saying? I heard that shit she did on the show last season. And then that song she made about. Ooh, remember she made that song about her? Yeah, I see you. Oh my god! Can she like, sing? Oh. I need to check it out. <laughs> she alright. So wait, um, the binge is a show that we do on Patreon that focuses mm-hmm. on TV. It's like an extension of the TV land, and we pick a show, mm-hmm. we binge it, and recap it. One of us, based on who picked the show, <laughs> recaps the show every week, and the the rest of us chime in. So we are finishing up the encore, BET's the encore, facilitated by Asante, of course. And I think there's one episode, two episodes left of the binge, as well as two episodes left of the encore. 
Um, but then we're pivoting to a new show. I put out a prompt asking what shows you guys wanted. And the one that was the most popular would be the one that we would binge. And <coughs> Love and Marriage Huntsville <laughs> seemed to be the winner. So, Dustin, do you think that that's the show that we <laughs> are going to move forward with starting yeah. in like two weeks? That's what we're going to do over there. Um, we're going to take a, a deep dive into the pools of Love and Marriage Huntsville. Um, so, yes, Hosted you can find by that Dustin conversation Ross. there. Right. Motherfucking right. Period. <laughs> um, so Pray for me, y'all. Look forward to that. Pray for me. Yeah, because we're going to go there, friend. I'll really, I'm not going to Friend's going to be a part of this. Friend's going to have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> melody, oh come on too. Let's bring oh, Melody on because it's the Melody <laughs> show. She, she I made no qualms. Me? Yep. You know what? We're gonna have Melody on, and we're gonna reach out to Carlos King too, and have him come on and talk about it. Sick. Um, I've made no qualms about the fact that Melody has been my favorite cast member on that show since season one, episode one. It just is what it is. So is that the one hey, with man. the short haircut? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe. sometimes. Okay. Yeah. She had Sometimes like the, the long blonde piece. On the side. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I only know that because yeah. we were at Crystal's house and we were watching that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, also, Melody you is know what else? Shout out to the own show, Family or Fiance. Y'all need to watch Family or I Fiance. I watch Family. I've been that watching is, Family or Fiance. I caught they, the first you. season. <laughs> we watch it together, <laughs> nigga. What yes. you talking about? <laughs> I caught the first episodes because I remember y'all were telling me. I think Asante was telling me to watch it, and I caught it, and it was good. I just don't know why I didn't go back, but it was really Friend, good. Friend, hold, 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 hold door, hold door. Okay, y'all need to watch all them own shows because Family or Fiance and put a ring on it. Like there is just something oh, you have got to watch because it. First of all, shout out to my best friend Anton. Happy belated birthday because it was just a birthday girl. We was on the phone. Happy birthday, Anton! Happy birthday! <laughs> she was she like happy birthday, Esquire. <laughs> she she <laughs> told me a how good an episode was, and so I was like, oh girl, I'm gonna watch it right now. And so I literally was playing the episode on mute while we was on the phone and it got to the part. But there just be some good shit on there because it's literally these couples that are they're together having issues and they're dating other people while they're still under the same roof and then they're like working it out with the therapist as they go and now we done found out that this nigga from never mind if y'all watch y'all know but you have got to all the, the own the lineup the own lineup just it just has some things like there's some things there shout out to oprah she was like we gonna get this black coin fuck it that's it that's it Her. it is what it is she well, fist okay. bumped Medea and they out. kept it moving so i, I love that um, but, but yeah, so that's it for the TV Land segment this week, you guys. Perfect. And that means that that's it for this episode as a whole. As always, we love you so much. Thank you for listening. As a whole. <laughs> <laughs> Stay black and protect your magic. We love you. Bye, Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> so many non-dairy flavors, so little time. Ben and Jerry's has five new non-dairy frozen desserts that are made with your favorite dairy alternatives. Tonight Dough, Americone Dream, Caramel Sutra, Fish Food, or Colin Kaepernick's <laughs> Change the World lead the pack as the five new non-dairy flavors that the Ben and Jerry flavor gurus have whipped up for us. Check out Ben and Jerry's new non-dairy options as well as the whole non-dairy family at BenJerry.com. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. 
Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.